Lisa Wilcox here, a.k.a. Alice Johnson from Nightmare 4, The Dream Master, and The Dream Child, Nightmare 5. How are you all? Anyway, I am here to introduce to you the Slumber Party Massacre Podcast. And who do we have here? We have Lacey. He's a rum rum. I'm afraid to kiss a boy ever. Rebecca. You losers <laughs> haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, then I just don't even want you to be a listener on here. Grandma sluts forever. Carly. I'm getting out of here, motherfucker, and runs away, so. <laughs> Heather. You want to see fucking loud? I'll show you that. <laughs> and I just like to say, rest in hell, Freddy Krueger. Because guess what? We final girls, mm, we rock. Have fun. Cheers. You are cordially invited to episode two of the Slumber Party Massacre. I am Lacey Liu, and with me is the lovely Rebecca Reinhardt. Hi, Rebecca. Hey. And with us again is the Mrs. Powell. No, I'm just kidding. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> Missed you, ladies. Glad to be back again. Yeah. And Carly. Hello, everybody. I'm Carly. Yeah. <laughs> Glad to be back. And we also have a special guest with us on this episode today. She's going to be doing some readings for us in a little bit, but we brought my sister, Nikki Kane. What's up, Nikki? Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. I am very grateful to be here and share this space with all of you. <laughs> and did you uh, bring any snacks to the party for everybody? I did not. I apologize. I'm not a very good guest. Yes, I guess. <laughs> Well then, <laughs> all right. Uh, well, this is episode two, and I just want to take um, a brief moment to, you know, I am kind of blown away by all of the support and feedback that we have gotten. I did not expect it to, you know, be as big as, you know, having that first episode. What did you guys think? Oh yeah, I was I was uh, happy to see all of our boys weren't shunning us too, because since we were ousting them from the party <laughs> right <laughs> no i was i was really beyond happy. shocked i mm -hmm. honestly Lacey, when you said this could be big i'm like oh yeah i guess right you were you were fucking right <laughs> like i had no idea and and humbled but i think when you're working with you know the talent that we have on here you three ladies are very talented and i'm learning from all of you and bringing my own shit to the party so you know, I think it makes sense. But yeah, thank you to everyone that downloaded. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I agree with Heather. Like, I didn't think it was going to take off right away like that. I thought one day it would probably be something because it's, you know, not what people are used to. But I was just shocked before we even put the episode out. I mean, everyone was interacting in the group and you usually don't really see that too much when someone makes another it's just like, oh, another podcasting group. But everyone was kind of coming on in and uh you know, I think it's just we brought all our people together, uh, people, I guess, like like us, at least. And we got them all together in this one little group and they all seemed to enjoy the show. It was nice to get some actual feedback instead of just, you know, hearing cr crickets chirp, as you sometimes do with podcasting, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, that was uh, it was very motivational and I'm excited to continue on with this show. I think it's going to be I think it's going to get better and better. Yeah, like. It's kind of funny because some of the guys are like, no, you can never have a male guest on now. 
it can only be females and then you have other guys that are like wanting to crash the slumber party like no you gotta have me on <laughs> and so it's kind of like a double-edged sword in a sense no okay. pun on a sword you know penis never mind um <laughs> <laughs> i think it'd be a good gimmick though like them peering in through the wind through the windows and then joining us for the main review or something like that just have some guys on every once in a while i think okay. we can work that Lacey, in Lacey, yeah. edit that part out that's we really should do that but <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, I think we will at some point, but, like, I know Dave Z is, like, very adamant. He's like, no, it needs to be all females all the time. Oh, Dave Z. <laughs> oh, we love you, Dave Z. <laughs> so, there's your shout-out, Dave Z. <laughs> yeah, so, again, thank you, everybody that has downloaded. We definitely really appreciate it, and it just honestly makes us want to do this even more. I, I, I was thinking today, like, I was getting excited, like, you know when you're a kid and you're going to a slumber party? And you were excited to go to that slumber party, right? That's exactly how I feel when I was coming to record with you guys again. Like, it's an excitement thing. And it's something that, like, I haven't had in a really long time. So I'm excited. And I just thank everybody for being here again. I agree, Lacey. I was really looking forward to our conversations. I I had a lot of fun last time. And, you know, I never thought it would be so rewarding to just speak to other women about horror with just other women and it really is a cool experience and I had some guys say to me that they didn't realize like what we kind of go through like that there is still like sexism and just horror fandom Mm. of all things so I think that was a little eye-opening for some guys Mm, good point yeah yeah I mean I think I think we could teach the men a thing or two with this show like a lot of the true colors will come out and we'll have some good discussions I think that's part of the fun of it all so but yeah I was excited I was like oh boy oh boy you know and Saturday this is what I'm happy to do and um, I'm kind of with Lacey I haven't really had that excitement and motivation for something in so long so it's uh really good I guess yeah (laughs) For lack of better terms, it's good. This is good. Yeah, no, like I said, I'm just really excited. And it's nothing to take away from, like, our other shows with, you know, like, our male counterparts. But there are some times, like, when I'm guesting on a show and I kind of feel like I have to, you know, speak up in order to talk sometimes. Does that make sense? Oh, yes. Yes, it does. A little louder for the people in the back, Lacey. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like people, the guys might somewhat take it as, you know, me trying to speak over them. But I've been sitting there for like, you know, 15, 20 minutes to where I haven't said anything. And so if I'm on your podcast, I'm going to interject at some point because otherwise, what am I doing on your show? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, good point. Yeah, it is hard. It is hard because I'll have things stewing in my head and I'm like, I want to say something. And then sometimes the subject changes. That's kind of me in real life, though, too. Like, I'll be sitting there in the corner like, I have a really funny joke to make right now. But then they get on to something else. And I'm like, ah, well, my time to shine faded. So, um, yeah. Well, a struggle. Like, you seem pretty introverted, Carly, okay? And then you're also Mm -hmm. a female. And females have not been encouraged, like, not to get too into sexism here, to speak out. You know, and sometimes if they do, they're seen as a bitch. Right. Or they're seen as over demanding or there's other words that we wouldn't use that for a man, but we use it for a woman. So it's, you know, I think I think Lacey makes a really good point is that, you know, sometimes when you go on other podcasts and I don't think it's done purposely, 
but you really do have to fight to get your way in there, especially if you're new to podcasting. Like I found that in the first year I podcasted, I was constantly trying to figure out when the right time was to say something. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know when it was. And I kind of just wanted someone to tell me. And I realized, fuck, Heather, you're just going to have to push in there. <laughs> you yeah. You're hurt. <laughs> like, it's like getting a drink at a goddamn fucking bar. Like, it, you sometimes just got to elbow your way up and, and get there, right? Like, <laughs> yep. Love that know? <laughs> I know. I, I, right? But, like, it's, it's true, though, right? So at least here, I feel like, I honestly don't feel like we have to do that. It's, no, um, we're all loud. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially Carly. Carly, can you please you yeah. know, get down a little bit? Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I won't talk for the next uh, 20 minutes. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, she, she's going to have about two jokes in that time. That she's just going to have seething <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be turning red like, oh. Do you know, yeah. like, that, that joke Heather just made that's, like, especially Carly over there, she's being so loud. Do you guys realize how many times that joke has been made to me in my lifetime? Oh, probably, just like, all the time. at work. Like, my boss would come up to me at work and be like, I'm going to have to write you up, Carly. You're being very disruptive right now. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm sitting here doing nothing. Like, well, I was working. But, I mean, like, saying nothing, you know. So, it's just funny. That's, like, a running, that's the story of my life right there. Just, Carly, stop being so loud. You know, one day, Carly, you should fucking snap and you'd be like, you want to see fucking loud? I'll show you loud. <laughs> well, like I've a- had my moments. <laughs> it's going to be tonight, bitches. <laughs> Ride it on. Now, guys, I want to ask you, uh, well, Nikki, you listened to the first episode. What were your thoughts on it? You know, to be honest, I was completely blown away by that episode. I feel that all four of you are forces to be reckoned especially with this podcast. And I personally, listening to that, don't feel that any of you have anything to prove. You all bring this unique flavor to this podcast, and it it truly blew me away. And I definitely feel that this is something special and that you guys are going to change the course of, you know, the woman voice in this community. And I just, I was completely blown away. You. all the feels thank you <laughs> right yeah, yeah you're welcome <laughs> well you listened to the intro which that was a lot bigger than what I thought it was going to be too that was like people had just started the episode and they came back like right away they're like oh my god that intro which that was really cool because that took a while to put together actually <laughs> and it was great Lacey you did a great job mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. thank you uh no I it was really fun to pick out the clips <laughs> of what I was going to use because there were several there were several <laughs> But I was yeah. just disappointed that, like, Grandma Sluts didn't make it into the intro. <laughs> Grandma Sluts. <laughs> I don't want a dick pic in my inbox. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Dog pics. No, no. We've dog. Te- I oh, want no. dog pics. Yeah, we want your dog pics. I want dog pics. All the dog pics. I will respond to you if you send me a picture of your dog. Same oh, here. She's dead serious. I am. I'm dead serious. <laughs> More dog pics, the better. We need, like, a, one of those, like, eventually we'll have, like, t-shirt and merch, and maybe we'll have Heather, like, holding, yeah. like, no dick pics, dog pics only, something. Yes. <laughs> and, like, grandma sluts on the back. Yes. <laughs> yes. That would be my dream. I would wear that shit everywhere. That oh would be Oh, my epic. God. I'd wear grandma sluts. <laughs> That's yeah, right. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, guys, it is um, March is upon us now. So what holiday is in March? Um, St. Patty's Day. Like last year, 
the world had gone to shit, and I was going to go to my very first fucking parade ever, mm-hmm. Patty's Day Parade, and the day that we went into lockdown was St. Patty's Day, and the fucking parade got canceled. <laughs> and it's canceled again this year, but that's fine. I'm not going to let it ruin my spirit. I'm going to drink my green beer, watch my leprechaun movies. But yeah, what I would like to talk about for Girl Talk this go-around is superstition, bad luck, good luck. Do you guys believe in it? Have you had any superstitious things happen to you? Uh, Heather? I, yeah, double down fucking believe in that shit. When I was married, I was married to a gentleman that was South Asian. And in the South Asian culture, they they really believe in superstition, so much so that if I sneezed or he sneezed or any of the family members sneezed three times in a row, and this is a legit thing, and we were about to go out, we had to wait two minutes before we left the house. Because <laughs> it was a belief that the sneeze, and I'm not kidding, was a prediction of something bad to come. And you had to wait for time to pass. So I'm not that into it, but I do definitely, uh, I believe in, you know, some value in horoscopes. Um, I think there's some value in everything happens for a reason. I wouldn't avoid a black cat or anything like that, but I definitely do have some level of superstitions. Like I, uh, I wouldn't play with a Ouija board, for example. <laughs> I don't feel like testing fate. But yeah, that's probably where I stand on it. And you do know that, I, I guess, the Irish uh superstition of that is um if you sneeze three times and you're a woman that the leprechaun can take you so really if, if someone does not tell you bless you yes interesting that's crazy yes. yeah, i think that's actually only if you're a woman though it's just a woman thing well no one wants a guy that's why well dan sneezes all the time I was so wondering where the leprechaun is. So You're wondering, you are wondering when he's going to show up, Lacey. So Dan, you going away for a little bit? <laughs> Keep sneezing, Dan. Keep sneezing. <laughs> what about you, Nikki? Oh, 100%. Definitely within the, the last year, I have experienced a lot of supernatural things. Um, I developed clairaudient abilities and also being able to channel messages through card readings, movies, books, and music. And it has been a wild ride, for sure. (laughs) That's super cool. Thank you. And we're going to get into that a little bit more here in a minute. But uh, Carly, what about you for superstition? Um, For me, I feel like not a lot has really... I'm very skeptical about things. So that's always kind of gotten in my way of being a super big believer in superstition and stuff like that. Like, I'm not the type who's like can't step on the cracker it'll break your mama's back or anything like that (laughs) cheesy like that but uh what heather said like i believe everything does happen for a reason that's one of the big things that i do believe in even if it's something horrible because it's like that happens and then before you know it something really good can happen and come out of that so i've always believed that and i believe you do things like in the moments and if it's what you wanted at that time you shouldn't regret it and things like that but um luck and lack of luck I'm not necessarily a huge I just it really is just like any everything that happens happens for a reason I I think it's cool that Nikki has had experiences and stuff like that and I'm very open-minded and uh, would love to you know dabble more into that stuff and just have these experiences I'm one of those people who always craves supernatural experiences and just once that feeling of like that's weird that that happened just now when that butterfly happened to fly by me or something like that but 
uh, I've, I'm always kind of oblivious and also, like I said, skeptical of things, but I am open-minded, if that makes any sense at all. So that's kind of, I guess, my stance on stuff like that. See, for me, I don't know if, like, I have, like, ODD or, like, time anxiety, but I cannot, like, if I'm going to, like, break at work or something, I can't, at, like, end on, like, an uneven number. Um, all right, so it either has to be at, like, 1 o'clock, 1 1.30, 1.45. It has to be, like, in that time. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I just feel, like, completely off and out of whack. That's probably, like, ODD, but, like, for other superstitions or... I've always played the radio game. I don't know if you guys ever did it, but I've done this since I was a kid. And I I only do it with, like, one radio station. And no other radio station matters. It's just this one radio station. And I'm like, okay, am I going to have a good day today? And then I'll turn it to that station. And, you know, it'll start playing red, red wine. You know? (laughs) Good day. (laughs) (laughs) So... I mean, and okay, no, so for a straight up example, I, one of the days that, um, cause I feel like, you know, it's like channel communications or whatever. Like I'm not like super into whatever, but this one day, like it, it, it's happened a lot, but this one that I can give like a specific moment was I was going into my mediation hearing, uh, when I was getting divorced cause we had to go through a mediator cause he's a cocksucker. But, um, <laughs> I was like, all right are we going to settle today and I'll be divorced? Like I was so hopeful. Right. And I turned it to that station and they were fucking playing our wedding song. So I was like, yep, it's not happening today. And then like, literally I got in there and we were done in 15 minutes because he's like, nope, not giving her anything. Like, boom. So I just knew after hearing that song, like, nope, I'm still fucking going to be married. Thanks. think I have an opinion either way I'm much more with Carly on I'm skeptical I'm definitely like a scientist I mean I don't I don't subscribe to any kind of religion I don't you know I but I do throw things out there like I do believe uh in the concept of karma you know that there's some energy out there and you get back what you put out there so I'm not I'm not exactly uh, I can't, I just haven't ever had anything really great happen. If I won the lottery, I'd probably tell you right now that I believe in luck like 100%. Um, what I do know, my dog's name is Lucky and he smells like shit. So there, that's my, that's my opinion on luck. <laughs> ask him, ask him, ask Sandar. Sandar, am I going to the prom with a geek? Please say no. Excellent chance. <laughs> you go to the prom with a geek? Okay, my turn. Do I have a secret admirer? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he knows everything. Ask Xandar. Wave your hand and he speaks. Guess what he predicts and the winner gets the special fortune read. You will get a phone call about this. <gasps> Ask Xandar, the talking wizard game. Definitely. Funny. Well, <laughs> and for this little slumber party, last time we played Would You Rather, this time I thought it'd be fun because sometimes at slumber parties you have like your fortunes read or your horoscopes or you do like a seance. And, you know, since my sister is a card reader, um, I thought it would be fun to have her come on and give us all some readings. And she kind of came up with a unique little way to do it to fit the theme of our podcast. And why don't you just tell them about that? Yeah, so the theme of the podcast is Final Girls, right? Right. Well, that's our pillow. Part of it. Okay, okay, okay. 
so basically I channeled some messages from some final girls for each of you and did some card readings and um, just basically, yeah, have messages within the, the cards and also through um, the kind of like the traits of these final girls and how maybe that might be applicable to some situations in your lives right now. Oh, cool. So I appreciate you being open and shall we get started? Yeah. Sure. Okay. All right. Um, let's start with Heather. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited for this. Okay. Great. Okay. So Heather, the final girl that contains a channeled message for you is Kirsty Cotton from the film Hellraiser. Fuck yeah. And you're <laughs> sick. I wish I had the ball she did. I don't think I would be in that situation, but that's awesome. Or the hair, man. Or the hair. Yeah. yeah. Fuck that shit. I want the hair. Good point. All right. So the cards in your reading, we have death in reverse. We have the ten of swords. We have the eight of cups. Strength. Seven of cups. King of cups. And the nine of pentacles. So... The first thing that Spirit is showing me about Kirsty Cotton in the film Hellraiser, she is somebody who is very independent, and she is also somebody who is very quick-witted. And Spirit is showing me that you have these traits as well, that you are also somebody who is very trustworthy, someone who is very honorable, and whether you're in a love relationship or with your family and friends, they're showing me that you are very devoted and that you you put your heart into your relationships when you really truly love someone. With the death card in reverse here, they're showing me that right now there is some type of a change that you are resisting, but Spirit is saying that it is important for you to allow this change to happen because with the Ten of Swords, this is kind of the energy of oh, I don't want to allow this change to happen because what are all the wrong things that could happen? And Spirit is telling you to think about all the right things that could happen. Because with the Seven of Cups, I see that you are juggling a lot of different options right now. You're trying to figure out what is best for you. But with the Strength card here, they're showing me that you are stronger than you know. And with Kirsty Cotton, the Seven of Cups, they keep showing me the puzzle box that she has handed. So like this puzzle box where there's just so many different options. And so what happens when she plays with this puzzle box? It, it opens a gate to the portal of hell, which with the Ten of Swords, that is basically like the worst possible scenario that could happen, right? So they're showing me that with the Eight of Cups here, if you are willing to walk away from what no longer serves you, that like Kirsty Cotton did in that film, she navigated through hell, basically. She navigated into the unknown. She wasn't afraid to go into the unknown. She wasn't afraid to go into what was uncertain. And it really allowed her to face the darkness. It allowed her to face her inner demons and she realized at you know the light at the end of the tunnel how strong she truly is and the angels keep the spirit they keep 
emphasizing how strong you truly are. But with the Eight of Cups, there's a need to walk away. And I feel like this might be in the form of like a, a soul sucking job of some sort, like something that isn't fulfilling you. The Spirit is showing me that you are meant for so much more. And that once you stop resisting this change, you're going to step into the Nine of Pentacles energy where you will enjoy the fruits of your labor. You will live a luxurious life. And there's also something here about self-employed. So if you were thinking about starting your own business, it will be successful. So definitely pursue that. Just keep saying to not resist the change that wants to happen in your life right now. Wow. Yeah, that... Um it's not a business, it's a friendship, that a longtime friendship that I'm going through a lot of pain that's ending right now. And last night I was out with two friends and it's a, it's a male friend that I've been friends with for many years. And I was out with two of my girlfriends and they said, you, and I talked about the options, like exactly what you said of ending this friendship and letting go. And um, they made a point to me last night. They said, you know, Heather, you have a new community like I have obviously them but she's like they said you have these people that you connected through the horror community that you're getting rewarded stop hanging on to the dead weight of friends that don't meet your needs anymore so as you were speaking um it 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 didn't speak to work it spoke to something that's more near and dear to me and it is unfortunately this long-term friendship that is coming to a pass and that I'm definitely grieving a lot and um I'm I'm uh, humbled and overwhelmed by that reading and it really does direct that I'm in I'm moving forward you know with some hard decisions that I need to make um and but the good thing is that I do plan on going to the states when borders open and uh at this point I'm going to go visit Lacey and you because I want more card readings so Lacey's <laughs> not going to get to wait till a convention I'm driving down to where she lives um and <laughs> we're gonna do this shit in person because I I buy into a lot of this and um you know, that wasn't just fate what you called there. That was that was definitely what's happening right now. Yeah, um, for sure. One thing that I was that was the one message that I, I couldn't like for sure get 100 percent clear. I wasn't for sure if it was a person or or a job. And with the nine of pentacles, I thought that it was, you know, what they were talking about. Yeah like a career right now but no well, and this friendship is as valuable to me as my careers like when it talked about like I value my career too I but I I really value this relationship it's so I could see why it would come across as a job because it has a high amount of value to me um and it's ending and that's really hard and um you know it's it's yeah that was a really valuable reading thank you for that that actually cemented some of the things I thought about last night which is so fucking weird, <laughs> but it, it did. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. So. All right. Let's move on to Carly. Oh, boy. <laughs> I got, I got, I got, I'm over here with, like, goosebumps, about to, like, tear up. Like, this is intense. <laughs> okay, Carly. The final girl that has a channeled message for you is Sydney Prescott from Scream. And we have the Princess of Wands. We have the Six of Swords in reverse. The Ten of Pentacles. The Five of Swords. The Release card. And the Queen of Swords. So the first thing that Spirit is showing me is how truly brilliant you are. You have a lot of amazing ideas. And 
you thrive when you express yourself creatively. There's a lot of passion and there's a lot of depth to you. And they keep showing me someone who is a free spirit. Like you're, you're always, they're showing me that you're down to do whatever, like someone who is very adventurous. And they're also showing me how funny you are. They're showing me that you have this knack to find humor in the most difficult of situations. And in the movie Scream, they're showing me the scene right now where Nev Campbell, Sydney Prescott, she is, she's talking to the killer, right? Basically, the killer is like, I can see you right now. And she's like, oh, yeah, you can see me. What am I doing right now? And she, like, sticks her finger in her nose. Like, they're showing me that you have a sense of humor like that. Like, you're funny. And they're also showing me here that also with the Six of Swords in reverse, like Sydney Prescott in the movie Scream, she had a past that eventually, you know, came back to haunt her. And basically... They're showing me that there is a need to release something from your past because they're showing me that it keeps getting relived in the present moment right now. And the thing about letting go of the past is, you know, it's so easy to tell someone, yeah, let go of your past. But the question is, how do we do that? And the way that you do that is by being willing to unlock the door to the past and allow yourself to truly look at those emotions because the pain, when we experience pain in the past and we don't allow ourselves to really feel the emotions from that, that pain stays trapped in our body and it continues to affect us in the present moment right now. So when you are ready to do that, you know, allow yourself to feel those emotions from the past and basically that is how it will release and that is how you will be able to move forward with much more clarity because with the release the release card here spirit is saying that there's something in the past that needs to be released and they're also showing me with the five of swords here that there is like some some conflict or some some quarreling going on and they're showing me people that are like saying i'm right you're wrong and they're saying there's a need here to let go of the need to be right because that will actually give you the upper hand when it comes to these situations. And like they're showing me, this is, okay, this is a, an extreme example, but they're showing me the scene in the movie Scream right now where Sydney Prescott, she is so adamant that Cotton Weary is the one that killed her, uh, her mom. And it, he ended up doing time in prison for a crime that he did not commit because she was so adamant that you know that he was the one that did it and it ended up being that it that wasn't the big picture so they're saying when there's like this this conflict and this need to be right that like the bigger picture is being being missed and they're so they're saying when you release what this past this past situation whatever this is when you release this like need to be right when whatever these arguments are that you are going to step into this 10 of pentacles energy and this is like the best card that you can get this is the card of abundance this is the card of emotional um well-being stability financial abundance wealth but in order to get to this point there's just a few things that 
um, have to be let go of. You have to let go of what no longer serves you. And they're showing me the ending scene of Scream right now where, you know, Randy's like, this is the moment where the, the killer comes back to life. And Sydney, she basically, she goes, not in my movie. Like, they're showing me how strong you are. They're showing me, like, you have so much strength in you to to face these things and to let them go. Like, you are very strong. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a, lo- a lot of that stuff definitely pertains to me. I mean, a lot of that personality stuff, especially how... Um, I mean, we already talked about it. I can have jokes and stuff and like they're just in the back of my head and I just want to let them out and stuff like that. And I I have, you know, had stuff in the past that's been, I guess, bad for my self-confidence. And that kind of has always held me back slightly. I feel like I'm getting better and better, but even just changing, like I just changed jobs um, literally like three weeks ago. And that was uh, a really big step for me because I'm very... I just have very bad anxiety with changing jobs and I always think like I'm not going to be able to do it because I'm too shy and this job's more working with um, people, you know, kids and families that are have problems. So I was really concerned, but I feel like, um, you know, I'm doing well with it and uh, my confidence is slowly kind of building. But then at the same time, I tend to, I have dreams a lot of people from the past. It's kind of a problem with me, I'll have dreams of people from high school that maybe I had a bad interaction with. And then that kind of brings up um, a lot of pain and just uh, self-confidence issues again. So I think that's uh, definitely something major that I have to always work to try to forget about and, uh, you know, just be resilient, as you said, and try to come out of it and just tell my, keep telling myself that I can do this and things like that. So uh that was that was a very good reading, and I'm with Heather. I think I'll be knocking on your guys' door uh, <laughs> one day because um, that was, uh, like, again, I almost teared up just now. It was just very on the nose, and like I said, I am skeptical of things, but that was uh, super just all me. So thank you. Thank you very much for that. You're welcome. <laughs> all right. We well, have making everybody cry over here, Nick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I came here to have fun, not to fail. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) All right. Next we have Rebecca. Don't make me cry, please. (laughs) (laughs) So the the final girl that contains a channel message for you is Nancy Thompson from Nightmare on Elm Street. Your cards are the Wheel of Fortune in reverse, the Queen of Cups, the Two of Wands in reverse, the Fool in reverse, the Eight of Pentacles in reverse, and the Ten of Cups in reverse. Okay, so with the Wheel of Fortune in reverse, Spirit is showing me that there is something that is happening that is out of your control right now. And what it's doing, what, what I see with the two of wands in reverse is like this, it's a need to basically step out of your comfort zone. And with the queen of cups here, 
Spirit is showing me how compassionate you are and that you are somebody who actually has a very strong handle on your emotions, whether you know that or not. And they're also showing me that you are very intuitive and that you actually may have some psychic abilities that you don't know. Like maybe you've had some, well, I guess when we were talking earlier, you said that you hadn't, but they are showing me that you do have a very strong intuition and that that is serving you well with the decisions that you make. With the fool in reverse, they are showing me that there are some people in your life who may not have your best interests at heart. And the way that you can recognize these people are that they're the ones that say they're going to do something and then they don't do it. They're, the spirit is showing me the scene in Nightmare on Elm Street where Nancy, she, she wants to go to sleep and she asks her boyfriend to stay up and to basically watch her while she's sleeping and if she has a nightmare to wake her up. And what happens? He falls asleep. She, he kind of like let her down. He didn't say what he was, he didn't continue to do what he say he was going to do. And that like led to her almost getting killed in the, in the movie. So be very mindful of people and don't ignore the red flags. They're also showing me that you have a very meticulous work ethic, but that sometimes the minor details can trip you up. Like they're showing me the scene at the end of Nightmare on Elm Street where Nancy is creating these booby traps, you know, to take down Fred Krueger. Like they're showing me like how meticulous she is and like how like detail oriented. And they're showing me that that, that does serve you to a certain degree. Um, but when it comes to like wanting everything to be so perfect that it's okay to be imperfect and that the minor details like little things don't matter as much they're also showing me with the ten of cups in reverse here they're pointing out something about family something about family and arguing of some sort and they're showing me nancy in the movie nightmare on elm street where she goes to tuck her mom into bed and she gives her mom a kiss on the cheek. They're showing me that you have this compassion for your, like you, you love your family very, very much. And that despite maybe there are some people in your family who have let you down in a certain sense, they are showing me, you know, the dynamic with Nancy and her mom in that movie, how basically it was it was a difficult relationship but at, you know at the end of the day she still loved her mom and she kissed her mom she tucked her mom into bed and then she went on to go defeat Fred Krueger right and they're showing me that this compassion that you have that you have actually been more of an example to your family than you know so like they're showing me that, you know, there's been times where you have gotten angry with them and that is valid. Don't discount those emotions because all of your feelings are valid. But there's been times where you've actually also taken another approach where you showed your family compassion and like you were able to turn the, the situation in a different direction and your family has learned that from you. You have actually softened a lot of your family members because of that unique trait that you hold. The last message here, they're showing me the very end of Nightmare on Elm Street where Nancy is, you know, she's she's coming to her power. They're saying that you are somebody that you, you have all this inner power 
power within you. And they're showing me when Nancy, she looks at Fred Krueger and she's like, I take back all the power that I gave you. And she like she fucking defeats fear right then and there. Like that is you. And they're saying that you have this amazing ability to create your own destiny. You are the creator of your destiny and you are the master of your dreams. Okay, so a couple things in that are, some of them are just factual. Yes, I, I have OCD and I, I'm like diagnosed with it and I am very meticulous. And um, and I've often said um, to my psychiatrist, I'm like, I you know, I, I need it to not be debilitating, you know, but I need to be able to channel my superpower. And especially working in IT, I it comes in handy when I have to look up, look at details and sit there and sift through a spreadsheet and look for one character that just doesn't look right and that type of stuff. But on the other hand, it does sometimes I get bogged down in those details and I can't look at the bigger picture and kind of step away. So that again, that's just you you saying that was just like factual stuff I already know about myself. <laughs> um, and then as far as the master of my own destiny, um, I've really... Uh, the last few years, I've really taken that one to heart. And I, I've always had that feeling that nobody else is going to do it for me. I've got to do it. Um, and I've been told many times that when I put my mind to something, it usually happens. The stuff with the family, I can't go into a lot of details, but that really, really uh, hit me. Um and it's good to hear some of the the things. I mean, uh, there's a relationship that's been that has been damaged um, because of kind of some business things and um, just a, an inability to, for the other person to separate emotion and you know actual business and common sense and that kind of thing. Um, and so, but it also hurts me that, you know, our relationship's been uh, damaged by this. And, you know, I'm, I'm constantly like, you know, trying to rebuild it. And, um, and yeah, and I've been right the whole time, but <laughs> 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 sorry. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I do hope in some ways, though, that I've been able to, to help that person um, kind of see my not my side of it but you know my perspective and apply that to other things that she's doing so and nancy thompson rocks and by the way i just watched nightmare on elm street well for the four thousandth time or whatever last week and that scene where glenn goes to sleep pisses me off so bad pisses me off like i'm always like nancy you never should have counted on a boy <laughs> want to say guys uh my sister has not spoken to you guys before this the only time she had you know really heard of you was when she listened to the podcast last time um episode one and that was the extent of her knowledge on you guys so yeah. what nikki you didn't facebook stalk us <laughs> <laughs> and you know even if she had gone through my facebook there is no fucking way that she would have known the detail of the conversation I had about fucking decision-making last night in regards to this relationship, mm -hmm. um, to lay that out, honestly, like Nikki, I don't want to get overly feelings here, but like that, that has really affected me and I thank you for it. 
I needed to hear that. Um, and I really appreciate it. So thank you to Lacey for having you come on and thank you for sharing. Yes, 100%. You are welcome. And I am, like I said, I am so grateful to be on this podcast with you. I'm very honored. And you guys are all very special. I hope you know that. Well, thank you. Yeah, this was, uh, this was great. Um, just, I, like, I've never had a reading or anything like that done before. And, uh, I, I thought mine was really spot on. Uh, just all that stuff seemed very relatable to me and, uh, motivational too. Just, so, it's just something to think about. So, uh, yeah, thank you to Lacey for having the idea to have you on and thank you for coming on and doing this. Cause, uh, you were, you're fantastic at, uh, reading the cards. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> now, does Lacey get one? She does. All right. Yay. So, here we go. Lacey Lou. That's me. <laughs> the final girl that contains a channel message for you is Gail Weathers from Scream. What do you mean? You'll just have to see. Okay. We have the Seven of Pentacles in reverse. We have the Lovers. We have the Eight of Pentacles in reverse. We have the Six of Wands. We have the Queen of Wands. We have the Seven of Cups. We have the Emperor in reverse, Renewal, and the Magician. Okay. I'm magical. <laughs> All right. So the first thing that Spirit is showing me with your cards here with the queen of wands and the six of wands they first off they're showing me gail weathers in the movie scream how she was a reporter how she you know stood in front of the camera and she spoke to millions of people they are saying that you have this amazing ability to influence people they're also showing me that you have this amazing ability to inspire and uplift people like when you walk into a room like your positive energy just exudes and people are attracted to it and they're saying that right now they can see that you are juggling a lot of different options with the seven of cups here and with the seven of pentacles in reverse that is kind of leaving you burnt out because you're putting your hands into too many different pots but they're what spirit is saying is that the issue is is that you need to accept the fact that you do not like authority you do not like the you don't you don't like the corporate world you don't like having a boss you don't like being told what to do that's just not who you are and once you accept that you will be able to have this sense of renewal and move into your destiny because with the magician here you actually have a very powerful manifesting ability like you have this amazing knack for creating whatever it is you want to create it's just that you need to let go of the corporate nine to five lifestyle and they are also showing me with the lovers card here that you do have a soulmate connection like they're showing me deputy dewey and they're showing me gail weathers so dan chase is 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 a soulmate connection here they're definitely pointing that out but with the eight of pentacles in reverse here they're showing me that there is definitely a need for both of you to listen to one another and make sure that both of your needs are being met is is he giving you the love that you need are you giving him the love that he needs it has to be an equal give and take 
otherwise that will con that will cause you know some constraints in the relationship but overall they're they're saying that you have this gale weather weather's energy where you you just have this this ability to influence people with the, the way that you you have a way of making people feel good about themselves and that that is part of what your destiny is and the closer that you move to that you will have that sense of renewal so they're definitely say this is time to head a new in a new direction and above all else listen to your heart because you already know what it is you need to do well was that it that's it that was a quick one yeah no um the part that really kind of speaks out is obviously like i am at like a crossroads with my job my position is actually being like eliminated and they're like it's almost like getting a demotion in a sense because there is still a place for me in the company but uh we're basically being replaced by robots so um i am I had an interview for a higher up position, which would be a promotion. Um, I haven't heard anything back in two weeks um, for it. They haven't sent a rejection yet, which, you know, I, and to be honest, I just really don't care either way because you're right. I am not passionate about this job at all. It was just something that I took to get me through and back on my feet during my divorce, you know, and another thing that spoke out was uh, the Dan Chase of how you're saying is our need is he meeting my needs and my meeting his needs and we need to communicate. And that's something that, you know, literally within like the past few days is something like, because he works nights and our op our schedules are completely opposite. And so we're kind of like, you know, going back and forth to trying to understand each other's space of, you know, sleep wise and things like that. So like there was a little bit of a communication breakdown with that because of our schedules were being so, um torn apart basically yeah so that really hit home i mean we're fine me and dan are fine but i mean yeah we definitely had a communication issues as of lately due to like sleep schedules and patterns and things like that of being respectful of um our space and when we're sleeping because we are sleeping different hours um world relationship shit sounds yeah. like yeah and as for the creative aspect aspects um obviously i'm definitely trying to do something with podcasting wise like I don't know if it's like me and Heather talked about this like a couple days ago like um is it a hobby like unless you're Joe Rogan is podcasting a career <laughs> yeah um but I truly believe that I think this podcast could be something and I'm I'm gonna work my hardest to make sure that it is you know and I just want everybody to feel comfortable and want to keep coming back and doing it because um I think work should be fun and I don't know if maybe I should do some like radio or apply for like a podcasting with Joe Rogan. Who knows? You know, like <laughs> yeah. the possibilities are limitless. It could happen. But yeah, so that's what I got out of it. So thank you. Cool. You're welcome. Well, fuck. Awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Now are we're you coming all back every like week? We want readings <laughs> monthly. <Yeah. laughs> this is the show. Like, I need to be updated on how I'm doing with my progress. So I right. need yeah. follow-up appointments. Well, Nikki does have a YouTube channel. Wow. Yeah, yeah I, start, I started a YouTube channel a couple months ago. It's still in the process of growing right now. But the, the name of the channel is Foresight Channeler. So if, you're, if you want readings there, you can also feel free to check that out i'm looking it up right now 
you are going to have someone following you shortly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so basically everybody is kind of in agreement that the readings were somewhat or spot on. Oh, yeah. Yep. Right. And I don't feel like they, I don't feel like, you know, a lot of times when you get like readings, they're kind of like vague. Mm-hmm. They're very, yeah, I hate I hate the ones that are just like, oh, they said that I um trying to think. They said that I smiled when I woke up this morning and I totally did. Like, <laughs> just like, like yeah, okay. The people I used to work with would be like that, and I would just kind of be rolling my eyes, like, you're getting scammed, honey. Yeah, I see the letter M. Oh my god, I talked to my mom today. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there are a lot of scammers out there, so definitely beware of that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that wraps up Girl Talk for this. Uh, this was a shorter one because, well, we did introductions last time, but yeah, that was a lot of fun, and uh, thank you. Uh, when we come back, uh, I'm actually really fucking excited for this next eight-minute pillow fight. Like, you guys know I've been in your inboxes on and off about it so um yeah we will be pillow fighting ironically about final girls <laughs> and uh so when we come back that's what just what we'll do get your pillows ready ladies ready to go And we are back with our second segment of the Slumber Party Massacre with, I think, everybody's favorite, Pillow Fight! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Party! <laughs> I can hit my sister with a pillow right now. Do you think that they would... Like, no. <laughs> She'd be like, I saw that coming with the cards, and she would duck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Too smart for you. <laughs> All right. Um, this one is actually going to be really fun. I think we decided to do a pillow fight over final girls. We, what I did was ask everybody to come up with their 10, uh, top 10 list. And I didn't want to make it just like a basic, like, Hey, who's the number one. I kind of wanted to do something a little more fun with it. So before I actually get into the top 10, I'm going to do, uh, the outtakes of um, the ones that didn't make it, did not make the definitive top 10. The first one being, um, this was one of Nikki's picks, which was Stretch from uh, oh, Texas oh, Chief. That was a good, that's one. A good one, yeah. Good one, yeah. But not good enough, Nikki. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, like, she's the bottom of the barrel here. Uh, she had one vote, which was free. Fr- from me? Yours. Yep, you were the only one she was on the list. But I, I, so, I should have thought I of so that. I so would have argued her if her name was in the hat, so... <laughs> Right? See, that's what kind of makes it fun is like, well, when I went to go do the list of everybody's, I just tallied up how many points each one had based off of all of our lists. So that's how we ended up getting our official top 10. And there's only there's only two girls that actually, uh, two final girls that was on everybody's list. So, and I'm not going to tell you which ones they are because I think that might influence our thing of what we're doing in a little bit. So... How Wouldn't it be interesting if they're the final two final girls? That's what's going to be funny because um, we're actually going to pit them up against each other um, based off of being drawn out of a hat. So, um, And then they'll move on to the next round and so on and so forth. The next final girl that did not make it 
was Jennifer from The Descent. And I believe oh, this, this was wait. on your list, Carly? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one, I was Carly. like, wait, I was that mine? I'm like, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. The next one is Cherry from Planet Terror. That was oh, mine. Nice. Yeah. Rose McGowan was a total badass yeah, in that. she was pretty oh, yeah. fucking sick. That's a good one, too. The next one was, or no, who was Jennifer? Hang on. I think I fucked that up. I think that's why I was confused. I was like, wait. <laughs> it was Jennifer from I Spit on Your Grave. I'm sorry. Oh, that's mine, oh. too. Oh. oh, I was going to go with that. I guess I should have. Yeah, should have, Another could've. good one. So all of the it, ones that we have mentioned so far, they only had one vote. So maybe maybe next time we can do like the NIT tournament of the, <laughs> the rejection. Like total bracket. But yeah. I do believe that our top 10 is probably the best. It, it, I think it really worked out once we get there. Um, the next one is Jess from Black Christmas. Oh, oh okay. yeah. And I think that one was on Carly's list. <laughs> she doesn't uh, know. Carly. <laughs> Carly, yeah, maybe. Yeah, sure. I yeah. I was drunk. No, that was mine. It was mine. Um, <laughs> the next one is Gail Weathers. She was on my list, not on anybody else's. I was, because I feel like she's kind of like overshadowed by uh, Sydney a little bit, you know? So yeah, I she, she's a badass. She takes a bullet. I yeah. mean, she survived as many movies as Sydney, so I, I feel like she should have her name in yeah. there. But she only got one vote, so apparently not. <laughs> um, and then we have, it was Sarah from The Descent. I'm sorry. I had right. To okay, there okay. we go. I didn't even know her name, Sarah. and I picked it. <laughs> You're just like, chick from The Descent. Yeah, exactly. I had to look it, yeah, I looked it up, but I'm bad with names. Whatever. And I still don't know who uh, this person is. That. Uh, that's Grace from Ready or Not, the main gal oh, from Ready or Not. Oh, yeah. I was like, who is this? You didn't tell me when I asked I, you. I did. I, you didn't write back. Oh. <laughs> I said Ready or Not. No, she's great. I wish I would have fucking thought of her. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Maybe maybe just we have to, like, sit on her movie a little bit longer to, like, get yeah. her into, you know, this kind of tournament. This kind yeah. of elite tournament. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> People, yes, you're right. A little new. A little new. <laughs> Yeah. And then uh, there was Dana from Cabin in the Woods, oh. which yeah. she's I, a solid pick as well. I almost put her on there. I mean, she doesn't really, I mean, she does Final Girl look, but she does kind of die. So <laughs> I, I, I kind of went like, yeah, you know. That makes sense. Yeah. Sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> if you losers haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, then I just don't even want you to be a listener on here. <laughs> That's my number one movie of the 2010s. That's mine too. Yeah. yeah. yeah right on. <laughs> and then uh, the last one to get one vote was Max from The Final Girls. <laughs> Nice. Uh, oh, I thought about yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to that one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> which was Julie James from I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh, yes. Mm. Like my teenage <laughs> years. Oh, fuck. Why didn't I vote for her? Oh, well. <laughs> now, when I was talking to Dan, he was like, 
Good. She don't fucking deserve it. She ran off the guy. This is a dance podcast. We don't care what yeah. you <laughs> I was reading him the list, and he was just like, good. Like, he was pissed that she was even considered. And he loves that movie. So it was kind of funny. Um, and then the second one to get uh, two votes, the last of our list here of our outcast, was Aaron from Your Next. Aww. She was originally... In the top ten, but then when we did our tiebreakers, she got outtaken by... I've, I've never seen your next, so I couldn't oh, really... You would dig it. Watch it, Carly. Oh, yeah. I know. Everyone says that. I still need... Yeah, I need to get You'll to get that one. It. If she had seen it, she might have squeezed her way in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, that is the worst Absolutely. of the best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no particular order. And no particular order, um, because... We're going to get to that later, and I'm not going to tell you guys uh, who was on your lists or whatnot. I mean, obviously, a lot of these cross lists, that's why they're the top ten. So the official top ten, before we do the official top ten, because uh, we're going to rank them as we go now, is, are you guys ready? Yep. We have Alice Johnson from Nightmare on Elm Street and Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5. We have mm. Ripley. From the Alien franchise, we have, is it Christy or Christy? It's Christy, right? It's it's Christy. It's Christy for most of the movie, but, like, there are times where they say Kirstie. I just watched that movie the other day, and I was like, why are some people saying her name differently? But, I, yes, I believe it's Kirstie. Yeah, I always took it as Kirstie. Yeah. Okay. Well, she made the list. <laughs> um, we have Nancy Thompson and Jenny, 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 Jenny. Jenny. She did not final girl it in that movie, though. It's a horrible <laughs> person, too. Um, we have Sydney Prescott, uh, Jamie uh, from Halloween 4 and 5, and technically 6, even though it's a different actress. Um, we have Sally Hardesty from Texas Chainsaw. We have Alice from Friday the 13th. So we got two Alices, which is kind of cool. And we have Laurie Strode. Uh, I'm taking it as Jamie Lee Curtis's Laurie Strode and not Scout Taylor Compton's. So, yeah, that rounds out our top ten. Shall we get into the pillow fight, guys? What kind of of hat do you got there? A fedora? No. No. uh, One of of Dan's landscaping hats. Uh, Boring. Um, She goes, ah, boring. It's reliable. Hey, we're doing this visually. It should have been a cooler hat. Yeah. We should have yeah. used Nikki's hat. Nikki's yeah, hat. Yeah, just cool. take it off her head. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are fine. Take it off, Nikki. She's like, I'm wearing a hat for a reason. <laughs> yeah, the, the hair, I didn't want to do it. That's why it's up with the hat. It fucking happens. All right. So you want to close your eyes and pick out the first one. All right. This way, we're doing this on camera so we know. I'm not cheating. Right. Lacey just organizes them in the order she wants. <laughs> the first final girl to go up is Sydney Prescott. Oh, man. Versus. Yeah, go ahead. You can show it. Okay. If you, can you read that? I have a handwriting. And the final girl that Sydney Prescott is going up against is Ripley. Ooh, fuck! Damn, oh, this is gonna be like looks like she just had a dagger to it. <laughs> That's 
the hard oh. one. Why couldn't you have made it? Yeah. Pick, pick easier that's ones in the randoming. <laughs> bullshit. Hey, that. Yeah. All right. So who wants to start? Uh, who wants to? All right. Well, should we take like a vote of who? Or should we have some rationale first? I mean, uh, if we just talk about them in general, the one that makes this one difficult is that both of them have survived multiple movies. Right. But but Ripley survived motherfucking aliens. Yeah. I love Sydney. But how do you possibly not take away from the fact that she fought motherfucking aliens? And didn't she save a dog or something in one of the movies? Or a cat or something? But Sydney was just an ordinary girl thrown into an extraordinary situation. Multiple times. Right. Like, I mean, she was was just like if one of us, if somebody came to our door. Well, not us, because we'd be prepared. We'd know what to use as weapons. But Uh, she was very unknowing, so I can get that. But, I mean, Ripley was like yeah it was her job to go into space so like she does have a unique job she's just not just a teenager but aliens that's kind of like and she saves a little girl that she finds and she like this little girl's all fucked and shit and she's like it's okay little girl (laughs) and and well she's being like it's okay little girl she's like fucking everybody up well, I feel like this is going to be her soundbite. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, little girl. She's fucking everybody up. It used to be the picture of me holding the little girl, too, like this, rocking her. But, yeah. yeah. But, guys. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> all right. You obviously know where my vote's going to lie on this, I believe. And I don't think it can be changed. So, <laughs> I'm going to try to change yours um, for those that are going for Ripley here. Because I think Sydney has it in the bag for me, at least. For one, Alien is one of those debated topics of whether it actually is a true horror film or not, or if it just sci-fi. It's horror. It's horror. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, but without a doubt, there have been no debates on the fact of whether Scream is a horror movie or not. So that that's one of my cases. Real life horror, aliens don't fucking exist, right? I mean, they do. Or do yeah. they? Well, do I mean, have you ever fucking seen an alien? Have you ever had to fight against an alien? Or could... What, what's more likely to happen? I've seen somebody who looks like an alien. At the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> At the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> but do you see what I'm saying, though? Like, I think it's more... <sighs> so, all right. So I think it's more scary for me, personally, to fight real-life people. And for me, the suspension of belief of aliens is just not there for me. So um, it kind of... That that's where I like my horror, anyways. And I think Sydney Sydney killed I think even maybe more people than the Ghostface altogether, you know. So <laughs> I mean, she's killed just as many as what Billy or Sue or um, how many did they actually even kill? Sydney is taken out a fucking shit ton of them. So I believe that she should definitely be moving up to the next tier. I mean, Sydney didn't have weapons. They came at her unprepared each time. Ripley had weapons at her disposal. Right, because she, that's the other thing, too. In her world, aliens having to fight something was a reality. For Sydney, it was, I mean, like, she knew going well, it kind in. Of became a reality. It happened a lot. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, she, but, I mean, Very bad it, luck. Right, there we 
go. Bad luck right there. Bad on luck. <laughs> but like, yeah, as far as, but what I mean is like she like obviously they had weapons and things on the ship. It was something that was a possibility in her world. Like, okay, you might have to go fight some shit that gets on the ship. Sydney's like, I just went to the video store and that's it. You know? Mm-hmm. She's been very silent. Yeah. Well, that and it's people that like she's constantly getting close with that are killing her. I mean, the first movie, it's her fucking her mother died the year before that her boyfriend had slain. You know, these it's her boyfriend, one of her best friends, Stu. And the sequel, it's another close friend and her boyfriend's mother or her boyfriend from the first huh. one's mother. Um, and the third She's one, one that fucking, needs to learn how to read red flags. By the it's, way. <laughs> it's, it's her brother, you know, and she actually came out of, you know, out of seclusion to face this killer by herself. You know, she showed up at the house with a little gun and the fourth one, it's her fucking cousin. So it's people that are close to her. I mean, I would probably go and wit sec if I was her, but we're obviously getting her back for a fifth movie. You see, by this point, she's good. It, didn't Ripley, did, did Ripley <laughs> die in a movie? Yes, and then she came back because how badass she is. There you go. You can't keep a good Ripley down, Lacey. Right. I'm sorry. I, like, well, Sydney's never died, so she hasn't had to resurrect herself, so there's that. It's a hard call. I agree. I love Nikki Sydney, has not but... said anything. Nikki. Yeah, Nikki, what are you thinking? You know, it for me, it, it doesn't feel like it like it's a fair fight because I haven't seen the Alien movies very often as much as I have seen Scream. But like all I can like picture is like this alien just walking into the movie Scream and just like deteriorating everybody. So like I feel like the like Ripley, I, I, <laughs> I feel like Ripley oh, no. actually is more of a final girl here. She wasn't even on your fucking list. I know. I want to give Nikki props for being with Lacey and going with Ripley. You are a brave woman. (laughs) (laughs) She is within punching radius. But I mean, if you're going to have me compare the two, then I'm going to be honest about what I think. Sydney was on your fucking list. (laughs) Listen, it is hard. I mean, I, because I I don't. I don't even like the Alien movies that much, to be honest. And I love the Scream franchise. So, to me, I thought, you know, Sydney would definitely be a top contender. But then it's like, you also have to think, like, (laughs) Ripley, I'm sorry. Ripley is just, Ripley's also, like, with all these men. And she's, like, the kind of leading the pack a lot of the time. And... (laughs) And I Lacey, think this podcast is done after this yeah, episode. Lacey, we all just hate each other. Lacey, something you're going to find out about me, Lacey, is I do like to play the devil's advocate. And I started with Sydney, but Ripley was really the one that I felt like I was trying to talk myself into Sydney. Ripley wasn't even. No. Yeah. Listen to me. Listen to me. No, Ripley, Ripley, yeah. Ripley wasn't. No, hold, please. Ripley wasn't even on. She was one of the uh, fucking ones that we had to go for a tiebreaker on. Sydney is one that was on all five of our fucking lists. This is bullshit. <laughs> I'm Ripley on my list, so I can't. Scene, you know, I just keep picturing the scene where, like, Ripley has that alien, like, up in her face. And I just feel like that, like, Heather, I'm going to appeal to you here. <laughs> reaching out. She is reaching out. <laughs> I mean, I got to. I got to. I got to. <laughs> I'm very passionate about this. I get it. I understand. Yeah. No, this doesn't make any sense. 
Nikki's reaction is just too funny. This doesn't make any sense. She was on all of our lists, and Heather, you shouted her out as, like, somebody I, that I inspired know, you. Just, but look, against Ripley, she You didn't name Ripley as an inspiration. But, but Ripley saved the baby. And a cat or something. It was an animal. Like, I, I can't. We didn't know this was going to happen. We didn't know we were going to have to compete. Like, we didn't I, think I didn't they know it was going to be the first other. round. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be easy. This is bullshit. All right. Have we... Uh, I think I Ripley wins. No worry. Speak your truth, y'all. Speak your truth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Nikki. Take your vote. <laughs> I, I'm going with Ripley. I vote Sydney, obviously. <laughs> Rebecca. Come on, Rebecca. Come on. I, you know what? You know what? Because because Ripley's going to win, I'm going to vote Sydney. Because there, there was compelling evidence. Well, thank you. You can stay on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be me and you now. The rest of the girls. Can might be the last time. Like Carly's going to go. I think we don't know. Carly's like the, I think you should leave Carly to the last. She's a wild card. I don't yeah. know. No, no, no. Wow, now there's a lot of pressure. Heather, you're deferring. Yeah. All right. Deferring. I am totally deferring. You are right, Rebecca. <laughs> yeah. All right, Heather, what you got? I'm I'm sorry, Lacey. I'm gonna what go. The fuck? I'm sorry. Nikki went for her too. Look, I don't want her Your to Your own flesh and blood. Yes. She's dead to me. We'll <laughs> <laughs> be cool tomorrow. <laughs> She was your inspiration. I know. I realize. I, I know. I know. <laughs> she's, I know. Being ob- she's being objective instead of subjective now. That's what this That's is about, fine. right? Mm, yes. But yes. hey, Carly could change it all. Car- right, Car- Carly. <laughs> Carly's like, thanks. <laughs> Boss. Oh, Carly. Look at Lacey. <laughs> Carly, you always want your voice heard. Here's your chance. I know. I'm scared. <laughs> Um, and Rebecca and I are fine either way, whichever way you decide no, to vote. True, but yes, it is. <laughs> um. Okay, so obvious, like I said, I like Scream better. I like, I definitely would like Sydney better, but I can't help, I can't get past the fact that Ripley is going against a scary giant alien, and like Sydney's just going against, you know, her boyfriend who, like, oh, I, like. So, no, by this standard, hold up, hold up. By this standard, should we just nix everybody off of our fucking list because Ripley's going to come in and take out aliens? No. Oh, that's a good point, actually. That's a point. Well. Yeah. Knock her out, Carly. Knock her the fuck out of here so we can have a real authentic horror final girl list. Do it. I think I'm in my case. That's actually the best argument we can make. That's actually the best argument. <laughs> Yeah, that kind of made sense, actually. Huh. Oh, shit, yeah. Maybe, well, I, okay, okay. Let's just put it this way. Like, I think it's very different types of people. And like you guys said, I mean, Sydney was just an ordinary girl. And it's more of an emotional tool that she's gone through. And I guess looking at Lacey's arguments that, like, it's more grounded in reality. Because she's not taking out fucking aliens. Um, and she's taking out real people in her life, I guess. And she's made it through. She she's about to make it through five movies. Maybe we'll see about that in part five. Who knows? Or sorry, just scream. And Ripley, what did have to get resurrected? Uh, I, I guess I, I think I will go with Sydney because yes! I just you know, and and really now 
in retrospect, if we look at our top 10, Ripley is like, she's the only one who isn't, she doesn't fit the mold. Like she doesn't fit like the reality mold or everybody else is like a normal person. So Ripley yeah. gets, I think Ripley gets an, like some sort of award for being the baddest mm -hmm. sci-fi horror mm -hmm. final girl or something. She gets an acknowledgement, but I think Lacey's argument at the end after I'd already voted, yeah, I was like, oh like, fuck, that's a good argument. Right. <laughs> You still want to do this? So. Yeah, that yeah, makes us anticlimactic. If Prescott. <laughs> okay. Fight tooth and nail. Plus, <laughs> plus, we all know how scrappy Lacey is, and we do not want to be on her bad side. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, Nikki and I have gone toe to toe on debates before. We have. <laughs> yeah, Nani, I'm not afraid of her. You guys shouldn't be afraid of her either. <laughs> I think no. my argument. No, no, we're solid. not afraid at all. No, 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 no. I'm not worried. <laughs> I, I probably won't be as animated. That I wasn't expecting yeah. Steve Prescott to go up against Ripley. <laughs> round. That's all right. right. That round two. Round two. So Sydney gets back in the hat, right? Or does she get put aside and then so we? How do you guys want to do it? Well, I think. I think she won her bracket, so doesn't she go out? Yeah. Like I'm just yeah, thinking she'll of she'll go like, out and then she'll go back in at the end. At the end, right? Like it's like trivia. Yeah. All right, Ripley is not being resurrected for this podcast. She gets a participation award. Mm -hmm. Yes, she's mm -hmm. number ten. So final girl number ten is Ripley. Nice. All right, all right, yeah. You know what I should do? Uh, like have it cut off <laughs> before like it gets to name who we picked. Uh, I, I personally think this entire segment needs to be our promo segment. <laughs> if there's no other compelling reason for people to listen to us, I mean, yeah, we can't top that. <laughs> yeah. All right. We yeah. got Alice from Friday the 13th and Alice from Nightmare on Elm Street. Whoa. Oh, wow. For oh. me. <laughs> and what's kind of funny is a certain someone when I told her that uh which Alice it was she was like who's Alice Johnson I was like the one from Nightmare on Elm Street she goes ew okay <laughs> now actually I corrected you at first because you said Alice Johnson I said um Alice's name is Alice Hardy and you're like no the one from, Friday, from Nightmare on Elm Street 4 or 5 and I said ew so we yeah. all know where I'm going with this Alice Hardy all the way. I'm not even debating this. Well, it, it can be debated. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I can go done here. If you have to vote, that's it. Well, they both, they both uh, were in two movies. However, only one of them survived both of their movies. Yeah. Oh, snap, yeah. snap. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm just going to say it right here. Like, Alice Hardy is my Sydney Prescott. I'll go to the ends of the earth to defend her. So you girls just, you just say whatever you want. <laughs> All right. What do you got, Heather? I know well, you're afraid. Gonna, to I'm going to go for the good Alice, which is the one that survived while having a motherfucking baby, Rebecca. Yeah. She was fucking pregnant, getting shit done like a boss. That's how you fucking roll. And she was like, some I've kind had of a like, baby because that was <laughs> a serial killer. <laughs> Well, she lost her baby daddy, too. Yeah. In a so shitty motorcycle motorcycle. So now she's a single mother. Yeah. Yeah, so Rebecca. So am I. I'm I with the too. little duck-faced boy from Full See, House. You should understand, Alice. I'm sure you've had to, like, beat up people and, like, 
I don't know. Like, <laughs> no, but I never had to. I never had to like beat up an elderly woman who I thought was gonna save me. Truth. <laughs> Truth. Um. So and four. Obviously, she goes from being like some kind of Carrie, like misfit, to being like I'm a fucking badass bitch. Alice from Nightmare. That's Carly? my vote. Um. Now this is another one that's hard for me because I've definitely seen Friday the 13th more than A Nightmare on Elm Street. So it's hard, or the, you know, that franchise. Um, So it's hard to really think in terms of movie scenes, but honestly, I feel like I have to go with, um, what's her name? Alice John, the one from Nightmare on Elm Street. I think I would have to go with that one. I just feel like, I just feel like Alice Hardy is, I, I never knew last names of these characters, by the way. Um, but I just feel like she was a very, just kind of a very basic uh, character. And, you know, she does get murdered right away in part two. Um, now, whether, if you want to think of the behind the scenes stuff where it's like uh, she, you know, they kind of just shoehorned her into the movie. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about the actual film. And, you know, she didn't really, she just, it's just like, bam, you're done. So, and the other girl, like Heather said, kind of evolves into more of a badass. So, I think I got to go with that. That's right. But that one, that one hurts me a little bit too, because again, I like Friday the Thirteenth definitely more. Harley, I had high that. hopes for you, girl. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You know, I love both of these films with both of these ladies, and but for me, they're one of these gals stands out way more than the other one. Because I watched it, like the first time I seen it, I was probably four years old. My mom took me to see this movie in the theater when I was four years old, which was Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. And there was just something about Alice's character that I like always like kind of wanted to emulate. Like the scene where she's like putting on like the badass jacket and like the like the spikes and she goes to fight Freddy. I just, there's something just so badass about that, that I, it just resonated with me. And it wasn't the same type of feeling that I got from Alice from Friday the 13th. So Alice Johnson. Yeah. Punches. <laughs> I'm not going to punch anybody. Unlike Lacey though. <laughs> I didn't punch anybody. I just got a little loud. She's like, this is bullshit. <laughs> it was bullshit. I uh, felt like she was going to take the coffee table and just throw it across the room. <laughs> I was about to. I was about to. But then I had to calm down and then hit you with that banger there. It's a good debate. But for this one, Alice from Nightmare on Elm Street is my pre-Buffy, you know? Because unlike certain people, I go with my inspirations. (laughs) I'm like, oh, she's talking to me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She's not looking at Nikki, so it's yeah. But I mean, she, you know, when Nikki referenced when she's putting all those clothes on is she's getting the power from her friends that, you know, all of their traits and all of their abilities that made them great, like the smarts, the athletic, Mm -hmm. she embodied all of these things. And I just thought that it's fucking cool. It's a really cool concept and it's a really cool character. And because of that, she was able to take on Freddy and defeat him in epic proportions. So um, Alice, as fun as, um, you know, she she could beat Mrs. Voorhees, but she couldn't beat Jason Voorhees. So, so for that, so for that, my answer is 
Alice from Nightmare on Elm Street 4. And and I will say, again, subjective versus objective. I love my Friday the 13th. I love my final girl. But I can go with that. And, and all those losers out there just know that you can still be a winner. Because Alice Johnson was one of our tiebreakers. She only made it on two people's lists. Word. Word. I'm a little sad, but I'm I'm willing to accept defeat and go on. You're a good person, Rebecca. Very respectable. I, 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 I've got bigger fish to fry. You know? <laughs> Is this segment called Pillow Fight? Yeah. <laughs> it should be called Fist Fight. Yeah. They should bring out the weapons. Yeah, <laughs> it's called my Debrisi throws furniture across the right? room fight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So All final right. votes, four to one, Alice for NES. All right, Alice. Alice Hardy is our number nine. Yes. Right, I guess so. somebody could be keeping track of this because you know we. Well, no, she's gonna. Lacey's gonna edit it. She can take care. <laughs> number nine <laughs> is a pretty everything. good number, though. Nothing to it be ashamed of at number nine. No, all of these are that, that they're worthy of being even on the top ten. You know. Right. Or even our even the other what five six that didn't make it to the top ten. These are still yeah, all absolutely. yeah. All our characters. And we can't really help who gets pitted against each other. Yeah. As we learned with our first round. Right. <laughs> because if there was any question that this was rigged, that right there. God, it no, it wasn't. Yeah, we don't need the proof. No, no, no. Oh, this yeah. is going to get interesting. Oh, God. Jenny from Friday the 13th Part 2. And Nancy Thompson. Oh man! Damn! Wow, we're back at. That's a tough. I feel like we're Freddy versus Jason again here. I know. I know. Back back. Now there, the similarity between these are two of my favorite, my personal favorites, and the similarities of them are that they were both uh, girls just minding their own damn business, and they get thrown into this, and both of these girls use their brains solely their brains to defeat the uh their antagonist Mm -hmm. so this one's really hard for me because they they they're like these are that's the reason right there i like both of them is because of those things you know jenny has a master's getting a master's degree in child psychology and that's how she defeats jason nancy goes to the library and gets guy booby trap books and that's how she defeats freddie really so I right now I oh man and and Friday the Thirteenth Part Two is my favorite movie but right now I'm a little on the fence. You girls are gonna have to make maybe I'm the maybe I'm the tiebreaker here. I don't know. I'm deferring to Heather. Heather. Oh fuck. Um, <laughs> Somebody else. I'm deferring to Carly. Um, I <laughs> I just I just wanted you to see how that felt because that's how you that's what you did to Carly. I know. I'm <laughs> and I'm gonna keep up. doing it to Carly. Um. <laughs> But wow. it's a hard call. It It's really hard. I don't. I think if I'm really honest with myself, as much as I am a Friday fan, I'm not a Friday fan, a nightmare fan. <laughs> I think Jenny using the child psychology piece of it is actually more impressive. Can I also mention that. So Nancy's drinking coffee this whole time and taking no dose. Jenny's been at the bar getting hammered, slamming Heineken's, and she still comes back and does Which that Which is another shit. reason why I admire her. Um, yeah. I, I like people that, that drink a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. She's all that so, shit drunk and a full yeah. 
we know. And like showed up and was like, what the fuck? Like what a buzzkill too. Like let's Hi. be talking. Yeah. Legit. Um. So yeah, Jenny. Jenny. Yeah. It really is a difficult one. Um, You know, I've always been partial to the Freddy Krueger movies, though, so I'm going to have to go with Nancy here just because I feel like she was able to master the dream world in a way that, you know, a lot of people in the world are still trying to figure out how to do that now. Like, she realized that she was ultimately she could control her dream and I mean it took a lot of like figure like you know going into these nightmares and figuring it out but she ultimately came out at the other end and realized that all the power really lied with her so I'm gonna go Nancy Carly um I think I would have to go with Ginny uh I mean one thing is I really can't stand Nancy that much um sorry (laughs) but um and I just feel uh, that point you made about she's out getting hammered and, you know, unprepared. Uh, and then she still comes back and has the smarts to do that child psychology and everything is brilliant. Uh, and Nancy, she just makes a bunch of booby traps and is just, at the end of the day, all she has to do is be like, you're nothing, you're shit. And then he disappears and it's easy as compared to like, you got Jason Voorhees coming at you. To get rid of a guy. Tell him he's nothing and shit, and he disappears. <laughs> if only that worked. Right, right. Yeah, no kidding. Oh. <laughs> I mean, Dan doesn't come that back is every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your dreams, too. Yeah. <laughs> You're That's in funny. reality. Oh, my God. We're getting real, real talk here, but yeah. Sorry, Carly. <laughs> That's all right, but I give... um. Yeah, I'm going to have to give the edge to Jenny. I mean, it is a close debate when you really think of it, but I'm a little biased with this pick, too. I just like her way more than Nancy. But I also just think the stuff she's doing is smarter and more, again, it's kind of like the more grounded and reality terrifying stuff for me. So, Jenny. Now, I've obviously always been partial to Nightmare on Elm Street, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to pick Nancy here. Um, I could be maybe swayed. Who knows? One of my favorite scenes is when she does take her power back. I feel like that's a very empowering final girl moment. Um, that's something that's always resonated with me. And that, that scene is very like near and dear to who I am. I remember like posting, like I, I defeated my demon and I used that gif of, you know, her taking her power back. So it's something that's like really close to me. Now I'm trying to do this without being biased. You know, I, I really believe that Sydney beats Ripley. I, I truly wholeheartedly believe that. So, um, oh, no. so okay. Lacey, Lacey, we're past that now. I, I know. Focus, girl. I'm speaking from the heart here. So with Jenny, like I'm I'm doing this as a movie breakdown. And if I'm going by the same standards that I did with Ripley to where she died, even though she was fucking resurrected, whatever. Um, Jenny never died and Nancy did die in part three. She did not defeat him. Um, she did pass on her powers to Kristen, Kirsten. I mean, if if it was based off of the first movie alone, I would without a doubt, without question, say it was Nancy. But I can't do that because I didn't do that in my previous debate and that would make me look like a hypocrite, right? So... 
even though Jenny never got another film, her character is still left out there and there is that potential for her to come back at some point if they ever get out of their fucking lawsuit. Based on that logic and that standard, I have to go with Jenny. Jenny. Yeah, I I sealed my opinion when I remembered or or I mentioned that Jenny was fucking hammered when she did everything. (laughs) I agree. You know, think about it too. Nancy had like time. Like she had time and like research and whatever. Jenny Mm -hmm. was like, boom, right here. You're thrown in the situation. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. So I'm really surprised at my answer. But yeah. Bye bye, Nancy. We love you. But you're number eight. (laughs) Number eight. Well, Carly doesn't love you. But the rest of us do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's more like it. But see how different we are, though. Like, we may look alike and we may sound alike, but we have very different of opinion. <laughs> All right. Jamie and Sally. Oh. Okay. A fun one. Sally Hardis from Texas Chainsaw? Yes. Okay. All right. I'm going to start. Let, let Carly start this one. Oh, yeah, Carly. God. So you don't have to be a deal breaker, tiebreaker kind of girl. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. So okay. we're doing Jamie from Halloween versus... Sally from TCM. Let me think. Let me just, just give me a minute. Let me process my thoughts. Like, I'm absolutely loving this. Yeah. I, yes. Yeah, this, this is harder than I thought it would be, too. Like, I thought it would just be like, oh, Jenny, oh, you know, Sydney. Like, and it's just these yeah. pick matchups are very interesting. I think, honestly, I would probably go with Sally on this one because, I mean, it's another case where she survived and Jamie gets killed in a brutal way by the end of it, uh, by the end of part six. And also Jamie, like all she really does, you got her in part five. All she's really doing is like screaming in her bed and making faces and not really talking. And she's kind of more of just a helpless character, which I mean, obviously she's a little kid, so it's kind of hard when you're really comparing those two. Uh, And I feel like Sally's ordeal is a lot more traumatizing where she's, you know, in this house of horrors and uh, with this huge, not just like one killer, it's like a whole family kind of getting at her. And uh, she, you know, just busts out the window and she's like, I'm getting out of here, motherfucker, and runs away. So <laughs> I think I feel like Sally would be the one for me at the end of the day. You know, I think I picked it. I think I put Jamie on my list, but whatever. I still like her, but I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what's kind of interesting about how these lists are working, because Sally wasn't on my list either, but Jamie was as well. Um, But the more and more you think about it, and, like, I didn't realize that that was going to be, like, such a thing, (laughs) but Sally did survive. Um, As annoying as her screaming is, you know, a lot of people seem to enjoy that. And a lot of people in the horror community, really. I'm not the biggest fan of TCM. Um, Part two is my favorite. So I'm surprised I didn't put Stretch on my list. But um, now if those two actually went up to against each other, I'd pick Stretch over Sally any day. Oh, yeah. But instead I have to pit her against like an eight-year-old little girl. (laughs) And, um, you know, technically Jamie like succumbed to, you know, Michael's powers or whatever it was. And she actually like attempted to kill her, her foster parent or adoptive parent, whatever she is. And then she did die, even though it's not the same character in part six. I mean, it is the same character, but not the same actress. Um, I mean, Jamie, yeah, didn't really do anything. Sally actually fought back, um, you know, and 
survived. Jamie did not. So with that, I have to go with Sally. Rebecca? Um, Sally. Um, and Jamie was on my list, and I love her to death. But um, for all of these reasons that you guys just said, um, you know, Sally is like the true, if you want to go with the final girl, she is the true survivor. She is, she, and like Carly said, she doesn't just go up against Leatherface, people. She goes against the whole freaking family. So, uh, yeah, I'm, it, it's pretty hands down for me, Sally. Nikki or Heather? Nikki, what? You go first. <laughs> Look um, at that face. <laughs> I want to hear what Nikki has to say. <laughs> you know, for me personally, I think I'm going to have to go with Jamie because I feel like she showed the world that kids are actually capable of more than some people give them credit for. And she, I don't know, I just always resonated with her character. And I thought the the gal who played her, uh, Daniel, Daniel Harris. Harris, like when that girl would cry, like she would bring tears to my eyes. Like I just felt her in that moment in those films. And I, I do have respect for Sally Hard. Is it Hardesty? Sally Hardesty. Hardesty. Just be, because she did. She. I can't discount the shit that she went through in that film and going through all of that stuff. But um, Jamie just tugged on my heartstrings a little bit more, I guess. Well, now I'm thinking. That's a, actually a really good point. It is a little girl going up against a fucking grown-ass man that's trying to kill her. She's got other people, too. And she's going against Donald Pleasant, who yells at her through the entire fifth movie. Yeah, yeah that's the real <laughs> All right. I'll base my final vote off of what Heather has to say here. Well, when I first heard these names, I was automatically going to go with Jamie. I was like, all right, she's a kid. Automatically, I have a soft spot for kids. So I'm like, ah. But I can't take away the fact that Sally jumped through a motherfucking window. <laughs> then she limped her ass out to the fucking road with some crazy motherfucker with a chainsaw. And then the truck guy stopped. And then there's this ring around a rosy chainsaw thing. And then she fucking leaps into the back of a pickup truck. All like after being tortured with this fucked up family. Like as cool as Jamie is and as empowering as she was for a little kid. I can't take away from the adrenaline. Like I just watched this scene recently because we did it on another podcast. And I'm like. Fuck, that must have been stressful as an actress to do. And it was like, <gasps> like yeah, that she's spoken about intense, that, right? Like when she's laughing in the back of that truck, I'm like, I don't think that's acting. I think she's actually <laughs> she's like, like broken the fuck down and like. So Sally is my pick. Well, my vote doesn't even technically matter because that's three right there. So all right, moving on. Oh, well, no, 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 but well, you have well, to vote. What was your vote? Yeah. What was you it? have to vote. Who's your final, what's your, yeah, what is your final answer? I just cracked my neck. Could you guys hear that? No, I but yeah. You're getting fucking, shit's getting real, so I'm getting excited. Yeah. You're gonna <laughs> well, the next one's going to be pretty interesting. Um, You know what, since, I'm, I'm going to go with Jamie. Give her some votes. Yeah. 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 Jamie, you are our number six. Yeah. We love because, you. Because she, you know, Sally was only in one movie, and even though Jamie did die, she survived being a little girl twice, even though she went mute. So, she, she's, and once they changed her character, had it been Danielle Harris, maybe she wouldn't have died in the sixth one. So Yeah, good point. So, I'm going with that. All right. All right, last two, even though I know who they are, but just so... I don't remember who, the, I remember who one of them is going to be, but... Fun fact, we'll read them. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Wow. Fun fact. 
will read them. I love it. Lori Strode and Kirsty from Hellraiser. Oh, right, right. Oh, oh man. Oh. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> hey, we got we got multiple multiple survivals. Uh, oof, we've got one who defeats uh, who is a teenager who defeats a you know who defeats a force. Cenobites. That she, Cenobites. Well, they're both teenagers, I guess technically. But I was thinking like Lori is in charge of these two little kids. Um. The thing is, though, Lori holds on to this interaction like a little too much. Her, it, it, some of it's her franchise's problem, and some of it's like, now which part of the franchise do we even like? Do we believe? Different, like, it, it, different timeline. Right. Like, is he her brother or not? You know, I mean, it, is he really like stalking her because of a relation, or is she just holding on to shit too long, like in the newer iteration? Um, but I've never really been a huge Laurie Strode fan. And she was on uh, list, though. She was, because I do recognize her as a as a final girl. Uh but Kirsty, dude, she went up against hell. She went up against Pinhead and Hell and a really bad stepmom. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go I'm going with Kirsty. I'm kinda on that like piss or get off the pot thing. Like I'm not I'm gonna not gonna waver on my opinions. I'm just gonna say them. Got it. Cool. Um for me, like you said, it is a little bit difficult when it does come to um the timelines with Lori. It really, really fucking sucks that resurrection has to be like included in any of this and I don't care. I'm taking back everything that I said in regards um, the, the franchise ended at H2O for me. I'm just choosing not to acknowledge Resurrection because that, that was just like a cop-out and I hate that. It, like, it's one of my least, the Resurrection's opening retconned so much of what I loved in H2O when she fucking just waxes goddamn head off. Like, I love that so much. That's one of my favorite scenes. And it felt empowering as a woman to watch that, or, you know, as a woman now, I watched it when I was a kid, but yeah. You know, she wasn't my favorite uh, character-wise in the new timeline that she has going on. And, you know, as much as Christy went through the pits of hell and everything, I there's no way in my mind, though, that, I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis, Laurie Strode, her character paved the way for characters like Christy to come along, or Kirsty, whatever. I can't even fucking pronounce her name. Um paved the way for characters like her to come along and without Laurie Strode you know I just I, you know she's defeated him like I mean she crawled out of a hospital bed she shot him in the eyes she chopped off a fucking head I mean Laurie you know all of her character even though they are different timelines she's just a little bit more iconic for me and iconic is gonna win for me on this one so Laurie uh Carly yeah um Although what Chris Kirk K name goes Kirst, through, um, Kirsty. <laughs> although she, you know, she literally is fighting against hell and stuff like that, and that's terrifying. And she is, she proves to be very strong and intelligence and uh, defiance. Um, I think I'll have to go with uh, Lori as well. The whole timeline thing does suck because it's just. It's stupid when you think, I mean, she literally dies in resurrection and then it's like, oh, no, 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 forget about that. But then, you know, you get her back in the new movies. Um, And while I'm not a big fan of the new 
film, I still think that, you know, you see she is super overprepared and uh, obviously she's been through a lot and her mental state is out of whack. So she clearly has bad PTSD and she prepares her house and, you know, ultimately is able to fight off that demon that she's been uh, trying to get away from for all these years. The first movie, Halloween, I mean, she... I've always liked her character. I know a lot of people say she's plain. She doesn't do anything. She's just like a basic girl. But that's what I like about it. She's very, you know, quiet. She's not the one out partying with her friends and everything. And then she's... She did smoke pot. She did smoke pot. Which as a kid, I thought it was a cigarette. I didn't know what pot was. So, um, (laughs) but... As I, I guess I shouldn't have. Um, but no. And the, <laughs> Probably good that you didn't, Carly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but the whole aspect of her, you know, being a babysitter and she's caring for these kids. She's very nurturing and motherly. Um, I've always dug that about her. And she does. She protects the children, gets them out of that situation and survives. And then it follows her the next night into part two. And she survives that as well. And uh, I think H2O is definitely, though, the most badass and likable that I find her because that ending is just amazing. That would have been the best ending ever for a horror franchise. And it sucks that they had to, you know, ruin it and bring everything back and keep on going as they do with all franchises. But her just whacking his head off is bad ass and uh, her with that ax and being like Michael and everything about it. Uh, I'm voting for uh, Lori, not to be long-winded, you know, like, with my decision. But that's who I—that's <laughs> who I'm going with. Yeah, Lori. Good arguments. Good arguments. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Nikki. You know, both of these gals exude a lot of—they they exude strength in very different ways. And Lori, I can definitely, with the with the argument that you just brought forth Carly I can definitely see how Lori she had this this quiet strength about her and then she was thrown in this situation where she you know had to prove her strength and how strong she truly was and the same kind of thing happened with Kirsty as well um that one is a hard one I mean because to be honest they both they both kind of meandered into hell in different ways it's just that Kirsty she physically like saw hell and it was like you know seeing it was almost like her inner demons and like walking through hell and like experiencing like the horrors of what that would look like and then Lori all of a sudden you know it's like the ultimate scare that you would be so scared you know like babysitting some kids and then a a serial killer just coming out like there's just something so terrifying about that but which of these ladies you know, I have to I have to think about it a little bit more. Heather, you want to give your sure did you were, okay. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with Christy from Hellraiser, and here's my reasons. One had to deal with a fucked up uncle who was like pretty oh, rapey. Yeah. Like let's yeah, have real talk here. Gross. Super rapey. He was gross. Right. Then then motherfucking pinheads and all his fucking friends show up, and she has to deal with their fucking asses too. And then she has to deal with her crazy badass stepmother who's banging her uncle that's kind of coming back alive and you know, kind of like all skin and shit. So she handles all that shit. And then eventually in the sequel, she ends up in like a hospital bed and, or is that the first one? No, it's the first one. And they come there for her. Some big ass giant slug thing comes after her. She manages to defeat that. And then she sees her uncle torn apart by fucking hooks. 
manages to defeat that. And then her dad gets possessed and she thinks it's her dad and the second one that comes back, but it's not. It's her uncle who then tries to like rape her in hell. And she like, it's fuck the stuff that this chick goes through and she survives and she's smart enough to wear somebody else's skin to outsmart um, her uncle. At, yeah, it's man. The two movies are blurring together a little bit, but that's because they're so connected. Um, in the second movie, like this chick is badass and her boyfriend kind of just shows up. He's like, hey, I'm at the house. Oh, shit. There's problems. Like he doesn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> she does everything. So that's why for me, as much as I love um laurie strode and i think that her character was really a, a big starting to final girls and we have a lot to thank for to that character and and in horror history i cannot take away from what christy did in hellraiser and both movies um not only just fighting the cinnabites but fighting her own fucked up family as well so all right so we got two and two nikki yeah so that put a lot into perspective for sure um so i'm i'm gonna have to go with kirsty with the, with, <laughs> the, with, champions. <laughs> with the explanation that you gave Heather I just can't I it's just to see what Kirsty like went up against in the pits of hell like she literally went into hell like she yeah you can't compete with that right. and like you know let's think about it too if she just would have been like you know what I'm just gonna fucking ignore my dad and I'm just like all she had to do was just like not go over there that one night her whole life would have been different same with yeah same with Lori, obviously, but yeah. Well, and I do want to uh, note for the record here that Lori was voted by all five of us. She she was one of the ones that was on everybody's list. Um, and Christy was uh, a tiebreaker. Yes. So, wow. Yeah. So, all right. Lori. Okay, so Lori's five? Uh, ten, nine, eight, seven, six. Shoot numbers. Wow, she didn't even make top fucking five, you guys. That's crazy. Well, mm. top ten though, out of a lot of final girls that are out there, like yeah, maybe pretty high, have. right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, right. well, we're so we're down to five, right? Yep. So we're gonna they're they're going back in the hat. The good thing is we kind of already have our debates for these girls, so yeah, won't take us long. Sally versus Alice from Nightmare on Elm Street for spot five. Yeah, five. Yep, this will be spot five. I think, I don't, I would put Sally at spot five, personally. I agree with that. Wait, you put her at spot five, meaning you'd let Alice go on? Yes. Okay, so your vote is, okay. Yeah. So your vote is actually for Alice. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. I've just said it in a backwards way. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah. Rebecca? I'm still sticking with Sally. Hmm. Carly? Uh, mm, I think I think I might have to put Alice ahead of Sally. It's kind of a hard one. But, yeah, I think I would go with Alice. And just for the record, Alice all the way. All right. So right. Sally is number five. That's fair. Good, Good ranking Good for that girl. She beat Lori. Yeah. She beat Laura's, yeah, she beat Laura Strode. It's just kind of crazy, like, how these all, like, it would be different if they were pitted up against different. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. Sydney. Uh-oh. Oh, no. I feel like Everybody. that's a word. <laughs> Versus Jenny. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. I'm going to go first. Okay. I think Sydney should go ahead simply because she survived more movies. Me, and- too. 
Sorry, I agree. <laughs> I was just saying me too. Oh, that's my vote. Lacey? Well, well, I already know my vote, but I just want to put this out there just in case it might sway somebody who didn't want to put her there. Um, no, you know what? I'm going to save that for the next round because I think right. I go through, obviously. Nikki? We'll go Sydney with this one. And I'm, and I agree with Heather's logic, but just for the record, Jenny is my girl, so I gotta still vote Jenny. <laughs> Fair enough. Giving Jenny some love. All right, she's number four, which yeah, that's good. Yeah, respectable girl. All right, and then there's one left in here, so we'll should do. we throw the other two back in or? Uh-uh. Here, well this or do we just leave it out? I guess. Yeah. Should we just battle it out with them? Yeah. With okay. the last three. Yeah. Who's the last one again? The last one is Kirstie. All right, so we have Alex, Don, Kirstie, and Sydney, which two of these were actually tiebreakers that were not in the original top ten at all. Sydney was voted by all five of us. Just throwing that out there again. Yeah, just saying. She was on everybody's list. That's all. I think Alice for me is easily number three. Alice. Alice. Okay, Carly? Number three, uh, I would go with Alice as well, I think. Nikki? Mm, Sydney. <laughs> I'm going with Sydney. Well, that's not happening. <laughs> uh, my vote would be for Christy. Okay. I, I'm going with Alice. Okay. And we obviously already know why, so I disagree because she embodies, she gets powers. Kirsty does not, but that's fine. All right. Which could right. be an argument for Kirsty as well. Mm-hmm. So Alice, mm-hmm. is, Alice okay. is number three. Tweet. All right. All so right. top Let's two, see. one that everybody voted. All five, all five of us had her on our list, and Kirsty was not even a thought for some of us. So until it came to a tiebreaker. Not biased at all. I no. already have my number. I I Christy was on my list originally, so I feel fine saying it. I can't go back on the argument that I just made against Lori and put Sydney as number one. Like that's very contradictory of everything I said. So because of what I said previously, my ranking is Christy and then Sydney. And that is where I will stand firm. Now it's up to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki? I'm going to have to go with Kirsty over Sydney as well, because I just put Sydney in last. So I obviously Kirsty's before Sydney in my eyes. <laughs> it's all right, Lacey. You still got two more people. <laughs> it ain't no pain. Okay. <laughs> well, since I need to appeal to Rebecca and to Carly here, um, you know, Heather, you're kind of dead to me. I understand uh, that, and I respect it. Because respect. she was an inspiration. She's still putting her at number two. It doesn't matter. It doesn't I, can't, I can't go back on my previous argument. That's what it comes down to. So. But <clears throat> now let me present you with an argument. Christy, yes, may have went through hell and the, you know, the pits of it or whatever. However, she came out and survived it and never had to go back after part two, right? Yes. Okay. Sydney has had to defeat God. Okay. Two, four, 
five, six, seven, seven, seven different killers. And she had to outsmart all seven of them in order to, you know, well, I mean, technically, yeah, we're just going to go with that. But I mean, <laughs> she, the, her family was against her. And you guys made the argument that, you know, Kirstie's family was fucked up or whatever. And well, so was Sydney's. Her cousins, her fucking mom was a hoe. Um, hey, now. Don't she got taken advantage of in the movie production industry. Yeah, but she right. didn't, she didn't, she didn't have to go on race. and... Okay, I'm sorry, but Maureen Prescott is the biggest villain in all of the Scream movies, in my opinion. Because, I mean, Neil Prescott was a nice fucking guy, and she was cheating on him with Billy's dad. So? so I mean... That yeah, makes- and I'm not going to slut shame Maureen Prescott. We're just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it before and I'll do it again. But no, I honestly believe that, you know, Sydney had to outsmart and she's constantly being attacked. And this is in the real world. And, you know, I mean, it is fictional, but it is in a more real of a setting. And I don't know. I just believe that Sydney is the ultimate final girl and she's still going she still has another movie coming and who knows what she's going to do with that. So as it stands right now, Sydney is my ultimate final girl. Carly and Rebecca. Carly, I'm going to let you go. Okay. Look um, at me opening deep. the door, letting you gracefully go through. Right? How sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. When it comes down to it, I do think that uh, Kirsty is um, a very strong character and uh the stuff she goes through is horrific, but it also comes down to, I think, Sydney technically has defeated more villains in her lifetime, and she has survived, and they just keep coming back, you know? She lives a normal life, like a regular, it's a basic life, but then she just keeps having all these evil people, bad, toxic people, I guess you could say, uh, trying to kill her and kill everyone she loves, and... um She's still strong by the end of it, you know, uh, by part four, at least. She's um, seems like her old self. She's not like all down in the dumps and miserable or anything. She's just like, I'm Sydney Prescott and people try to kill me, but I just kill them instead. <laughs> um, and I, I like that. And I like the whole, like I said, I like the grounded in reality. She's an average girl who just had a horrible life from like teenage years to present so and she still is not like Laurie Strode in Halloween 2018 or whatever year that came out um so I think I'll I think I have to put Kirstie as number two and Sydney as number one for myself and I agree with Carly and Lacey going Kirstie number two Sydney number one because of all those things <laughs> they both are just normal girls who got thrown it I mean really essentially most of our girls are just normal girls who got thrown into a load of shit mm. but because like I like Heather said because I made the argument before that yes surviving multiple movies is kind of a, a, a I don't know like a weight tipper I'm going mm. with Sydney for one yep. and I love Carly and Rebecca Heather and my own sister, my own flesh and bud, is now dead to me. <laughs> That's okay. I follow her YouTube channel. We're going to be back yeah. together. Yeah. yeah. We can have each other. Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got a new sister, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, she, 
I've been dead to her many times. She'll get over it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You put sisters are four. <laughs> but you know what? It doesn't matter, Lacey. She still won. She, she did. did. And I think I, I think I fought my case pretty hard on that one. And I just want to thank you, you all for your, your, You did fight your case, but when it all comes down to it, Sydney won by her own merits. Yes. Yeah. I just helped point them out. Yes. <laughs> if, if, if it hadn't been for your one argument of so is Ripley by this argument going to just win against everybody, then yeah. So really, you did kind of at least get her back in the game. <laughs> yeah. You got all of them yeah. back in the game. Mm-hmm. No, if Sydney was to go out the first round, I probably would have lost my shit. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> we, you we don't know. say. Here is our top 10 in official order. Number 10, Ripley. Number 9, Alice from Friday the 13th. Number 8, Nancy Thompson. Number 7, Jamie Lloyd. Number 6, Lori Strode. I honestly thought she'd be, I thought it was going to come down to her in Sydney. I really did. Um, number 5, Sally Hardesty. Number six, Jenna. Um, number, number four. Or I'm sorry, number four, Jenna. Number three, Alice Johnson. Number two, Kirsty from Hellraiser. And number one, Sydney motherfucking Prescott. Thank you, everybody, for letting me yell and gripe my case on that one. That was a lot of fun for me. I was very excited. I hope you guys had fun, too. Yeah, it was fun. I, it was a I, lot of fun. Just, I, I am just glad we did this part on video because watching Lacey at that very beginning stage, man, it, that faces. was a visual kind of experience. We it had to have it visual. Yeah. It was amazing. The mm-hmm. eyes were like, what the fuck, you fuckers? Yeah. <laughs> this is not going down. Heather? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to laugh with you. I know. I understand. I But I had to stay. Now she's going to laugh with us. Right? She was not laughing with us like 20 minutes ago. No. <laughs> no. But guys, yep. So that concludes uh, Pillow Fight, and we will be right back with our feature presentation. Before the horror of Halloween, before the fear of Friday the 13th. Before the evil of a nightmare on Elm Street. Before them all, there was... Now, 15 years later, he's back. Oh, yes. There's something happening here that I've been looking for all of my life. There's smoke. Someone takes her hand. She's running. The same man comes towards her.
pleased to bring you our feature presentation. Welcome back everybody to our feature presentation. This time around, we decided to bring to the slumber party a little film that some may or may not have heard of, a film from 1991, Popcorn. Now, I'm gonna start with Carly because um, you're the young buck here. And <laughs> I'm just curious of what your um, history is with this film. All right, well, um, this is not one kind of like Slumber Party Massacre that I grew up with or anything. I um, had only seen it for the first time a few years ago. And, uh, well, no, actually, when was that? Yeah, that was just two years ago. And my first time seeing it was at the Mahoning Drive-In. Woo! So... Did you see this movie at the fucking drive-in? That's badass. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it was it was cool because they actually got Jill Sholin, uh, who plays the oh. main girl. They got her there uh, to sign autographs and take pictures and whatnot. And she was super, super nice. She looked exactly the same. Uh, black hair and bangs. Um. And uh, apparently she uh, retired from acting after she had her children because she was in a few movies. The point, the um, that particular night they were supposed to play Popcorn, what you call it, freaking Cutting Class, uh, a slasher that just got released by Vinegar Syndrome at that time. And um, the stepfather, the original stepfather, and uh, obviously Jill Sholin played in all three of those, and it was funny because they wanted to play the stepfather, and it was the 2009 remake, and we all, <laughs> thought, we all thought we were being punked, and the guy was like, uh, they sent us the wrong film, guys, we're sorry, uh, we're gonna just skip to the next one because this one sucks. So, uh, it, oh, and they played Jason Goes to Hell, too, which JP was all for that, but that was the last feature, but... Anyway, uh, so that was really cool. Got to meet her. She was super friendly, like I said. And uh, seeing popcorn in that setting for the first time was just awesome. I mean, you know, movie theater. Obviously, it's just driving. But just the whole atmosphere and everything was on point. Had a lot of fun with it. And then uh, that was that. that. Um, Then I think, yeah, because this movie came out in 1991. And uh, coincidentally, the show that I was going to be on for 22 shots was the top 10 of 1991. So I had to watch it again. And unfortunately I still don't own this movie and I didn't feel like paying for it. So I found a very crappy copy on YouTube and watched it off of there. And uh, that kind of, you know, hindered the at home experience for it. But this time around watching it again for this show, I watched in the normal quality that it should be. And I think this was probably the best time I had with it. Uh, just, you know, no distractions. Cause obviously I was watching it for this podcast and uh, while the drive-in was fun, I obviously when you're at a drive-in, you're kind of talking to your friends, uh, AKA just JP, he's like my only friend and um, eating and stuff like that. So you're not always fully immersed in it, but this time around I was very, uh, immersed and I really enjoyed the film and took a lot more out of it and just had a really fun time with it and I've come to find these movie theater settings are definitely some of my favorites uh I just love any movie that is set in this type of setting because I love going to the theater and I love in the film how they have a packed theater and you see the audience being all hype and stuff like that so 
yeah, uh, I think this time I've seen it three times and I had a great time with it this time. And it's definitely one that I'll rewatch in the future and great for slumber party. So, yeah, that is my take on it. So I thought I had watched this movie before. I haven't. What? No, because I turned on to our good friends Plex and <laughs> I realized I had watched 12 minutes into it sometime last year. <laughs> Then. Um, so yeah, this was a first time watch for me, which is pretty cool. I don't know why I shut it off. I must have not liked it or whatever the case was. It's a, it's a fun little campy 90s slasher. I think some of the characters are pretty um, adorable and, and redeeming. I actually really enjoy Toby. He says one line where, oh, you're sorry. Well, that's fine. I'll just let you go then. And I thought that was fucking hilarious. Like, I just, <laughs> like, I just fucking died laughing. I thought it was pretty brilliant. Um, the opening scene uh, in the movie theater when they're watching a film reminded me a lot of porno last year. I don't know if you guys watch porno um last year the horror mm-hmm. film that came out about the people in the theater i'm like ah, i wonder if they got porno got some inspiration from this film yeah so I, I saw that, some that, yeah that right? too, this time around right i was like yeah there's some seems to be some inspirational stuff here i really enjoyed i recognized is it lisa from nightmare four that was in it um uh, kelly joe minter kelly yes so lisa, i nightmare five nightmare five great to see her i really enjoyed seeing her in this film uh, yeah, easy watch. I'm I'm glad we watched it for this. It's it's very it's very it says it's horror comedy on um on IMDb and I think that's pretty accurate. Uh, yeah. Nikki? Yeah, so this was definitely an iconic movie that our whole family has enjoyed for many, many years. And one thing that sits really well with me about this film was how they set up like the ultimate like horrorathon and the, how they were interactive with it. Like they had like gadgets for each of the films. So like the mosquito film, they had an actual like mosquito like flying through the, you know, the theater. And then there was like the stenchorama. They had actual like uh, bad smells coming into the theater. And then the the shock, like they actually shocked people in their chairs. It was just like an interactive experience. And I was just like, that'd be so cool if that was like a thing like if they had that somewhere in the world i would definitely go See, to so that. we have that only you don't get shocked and stuff but i've been to any more uh, merged uh film where you feel the wind and you and sometimes they'll put like um like fog in the theater and they'll make the seat shake and other such things it's motion experience i'm sure you guys have it where you guys are too no um, no we don't oh like, yeah really, that mm-hmm. is i saw bad. uh train to brisson to peninsula in that theater experience and it was intense like it was it was like being on a ride for an hour and a half like it was it was a lot so for anybody who doesn't know it's actually like an homage to william castle who used to do this in the theaters so they're like Hmm. the oh god i can't remember what the movie is the tingler like they actually would wire up the seats you know so um yeah, so it was something that they did actually do. I can't imagine anybody getting away with the whole shocking people anymore, but <laughs> for real. <laughs> See, I think it would be kind of cool to, um, if, you know, with COVID and everything, and to get people back into the theaters is to have some kind of gimmicks. Um, you know, I, I watched the Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, and they would, the actors would go out and like promote these films. And like there was Betty Davis throwing fucking uh, baby Jane dolls into the audience during a screening, Ooh, you know, badass. 
So I just think that that would be really cool if they could kind of go back to doing stuff like that because you don't see that anymore. You just get like the promotional, like they even used to do like midnight screenings and they don't really do those anymore. Or they would do like sneak peeks um, or like double features. They don't do these things anymore. And they wonder why that, you know, streaming has kind of taken over. It's because theaters are just kind of basic in a sense to where they're just showing the movie and you're paying like, it's it's very expensive to go to a theater to have this experience and I'm glad to do it and support them. But I do think that they should offer some more things in regards to how a film is marketed. Like I want to see like the big hype at stab, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they like, they I, do do that up here. I can, we have VIP alcohol lounges. Like it's basically a bar and a club and you go up and you can order, like you get like set for little couches that you and one person can sit on and like together, obviously on like a date and you order drinks and food and it's high end shit that they bring we to have, you. We have right? that here And too. the yeah. motion ride theaters and like it's, you honestly go to select a ticket from Cineplex, which is our biggest theater company in Canada. And like, <laughs> you have 3D, you have, you know, motion action, you have VIP, you have, like it's because they're trying to do just that because you're right, Lacey, the, the overall average theater experience now is with streaming happening, especially this last year, it will be very interesting to see how many people go back to being regular theater goers um, yeah. because uh, it's hey, more accessible often, at home. I often said that the only thing that got me going to the theaters, uh, like before COVID, like the year before COVID I go to the AMC because of the recliners and MacGuffins, the home of the $10 blue moon. So, <laughs> I mean, it, and really, I, I would only go to that one theater because they had the cool recliners and a bar. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I would just want to sit at home and watch a movie. Why? We have, like, dine and recline, but that's, like, the extent of, like, something cool. I Like, Carly... You get to go to like all these really cool drive-in experiences. We don't have anything like that. And mm. something is telling me that, you know, Rebecca, you live even close enough that we could even like combine forces and create something really fucking cool for the Midwest. Oh, it'd be so awesome. And and there is actually, I should say, um, in my area, there is a really awesome drive-in, the Skyline, um, that I go to quite frequently in the summer. Uh, last year was the best year for the Skyline because there were no first-run movies. The sky. No, just something just fell off oh. my window. <laughs> <laughs> but no, because there were no first-run movies, they got to show just mostly classic horror and right. exploitation and, and action and that kind of stuff. So I think that there has been something really good for movies coming out of this COVID thing. And I think that's part of it, but I do know a lot of places don't have drive-ins. Um, so yeah. And, and most places, like if you look at this movie, so I'm, I'm going to be the one who is going to get us realists back into popcorn. Uh, if you look at this movie, that kind of thing couldn't happen right now with social distancing. Um, but I would, I would so love to just get an old theater and show old movies and do cool stuff like this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is, yeah. this is definitely a fan kind of movie. Um, it's definitely made for, for horror fans. Um, mm -hmm. the horror is there, but it's really more of like nostalgia and, and, uh, you know, that kind of like, Ooh, that would be so cool. You know? For those kind of people, like us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And we we had a theater around here, like closer to Pittsburgh, that was like a 1920s style theater, like actually built, pro- I think, in 1921. And they would play special events like they did Adam Green's Victor Crowley and Adam Green was there. We got to meet him and they did the new Phantasm and they had done regular Phantasm, you know, the original Phantasm the week before doing part five and just all this awesome stuff. And that theater was always packed. And when I see a movie like this, this is what it reminds me of. And it's sad because that place got bought out by like just a second run company and no one really goes there anymore. But just, yeah, seeing all these people in the seats and stuff and being all hype about the movie that they're watching and they're kind of making fun of the movie the whole time, quoting it. I love how they're wearing, um, what is it, that one? <laughs> Aren't they wearing, like, nose plugs or something because of the second feature they're watching in this film? Um, yeah, and they, they had the cool 3D glasses for Mosquito that say yeah. Mosquito on them. Yeah, like, I, lo- I love that stuff. I just love seeing it because I'm like, that would be me if I... if these events were happening around here right now, but they're not, but that's, I just love that aspect of the film so much. Yeah. I think the costume part of it, everyone being dressed up and it made me Mm. think of scream Two. I honestly watched this movie and I was like, Ah, let me count on my hand how many other films have taken inspirations from popcorn. Right. (laughs) And, um, and that's fine. You know what? Like you, you take inspirations from where you want to take inspirations from. And I thought it was cool that they had like a band playing midway. uh, Right. Did you know Mm. that um, the, the, this movie was actually filmed in Jamaica? Yes. No way. I didn't know that. Yes. And that's that's why. And that's why you have the reggae music. Oh, okay. That's such I a just cool. They were rocking some reggae. That's all. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which like is a neat element to it. Stuck in my head all day. Saturday, Saturday night at the movie. Yeah. So can, gra- can Grandma interject just for a moment? So hey, we're going in- Okay, for <laughs> Grandma sluts forever. So going in order of age, uh, this is a movie. It came out in '91, and I do it being in the theaters really briefly and I didn't see it and then the next year I ended up that's when I started working at a video store and I didn't even rent it I mean I just you know took it home and really dug it and like now I find out the reason why that happened was it was a total flop and it just it was like in the theaters for like a week and then they pulled it out and just put it like at the second run kind of things um and I like when I rent well I'll just say rented. Uh, when I watched it, you know, on VHS, I loved it. Um, and of course, that was kind of start the start of the bleak time of horror. Um, but as I've like grown up, I kind of realized if that movie had been put out in maybe '88 or '89, it would be so much more of a. It would have been more popular. Yeah, 100%, I mean, Rebecca. Yeah, 100%. Right. Like, I mean, right now it's 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 a cult movie, cult classic now, but it would have actually been like a financial success, I think. Just it was just a couple years too late on the slasher craze. Right. It missed and also there's something about being from the 80s and being labeled a movie from the 80s. Mm-hmm. That does make a huge difference, right? right? Because people are fickle and we can we you know, this isn't an 80s slasher show, but we could talk about some 80s slashers that are way worse than popcorn. That have been praised way more. And it's because they come from the 80s. Because this is not a bad film. It's actually really entertaining. The characters are endearing. And the villain is funny. Like, he's fucking funny. He's like, I'm probably here, too. 
Like, he's like, why, why are pants on fire? The, the, <laughs> like, the part yeah, like, that I saw, like, when D. Wallace comes out in a full body cast, cast Toby <laughs> is like, looks like I cast the part well. Like, he's just like, so ridiculous. Yeah. Shit, right? <laughs> and he's like, I still got some time to kill. <laughs> yeah. And I love that not only does he have, like, the masks of the people, but it's not like Scooby-Doo. Like, you actually, A, get to see how he makes them. And B, mm. you also know that they're shitty and he's using, like, the dark to shroud it. Because the one mm-hmm. girl, when she's, like, kissing on, you know, fake Tony Roberts, she's like, well, your lips are peeling. <laughs> that scene uh, up as a kid, you guys. Like, yeah, I mean, it's great. <laughs> and, like, he's, like, chopping on the wax of the mask. He's like, rum, rum. <laughs> like, that, that seemed, like, fucked yeah, me up. Like, I'm afraid to kiss a boy ever. It's creepy. Okay, yeah, got- the whole concept. The whole wax concept is just a, a creepy thing, it too. It's creepy. not like it's the only film to ever do something like that. But I just, um, especially towards the end when it's kind of, like, all revealed and stuff. And you see him, like, kind of stretching at it and whatnot. It's just, like, unsettling to see that. So... I really like that element to the film as well. Now, let me ask you guys this. Did you, all right, so we get to see his face um, after he kills, I think, Tony Roberts. Um, and I think it was around when he's killing the blonde bimbo, uh, Tina. Um, did you think, like, and you see, like, the red, but he hasn't actually been revealed yet. But you see, like, him with the wire and, like, his burnt face. Did you know that it was Toby at that point on first watch? I, I did remember. not. No. I, I've done a lot of drugs and drank a lot of alcohol since ah. the first time I saw this. Ah, so. ah, ah, <laughs> ah, yes. yes. And I'm a grandma. I'm going into early Alzheimer's anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what movie are we doing again? Yeah. <laughs> I was working at the video store giving out VHSs. So <laughs> Be kind, rewind. <laughs> When you worked at a video store, was it VHSs then? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it wasn't, I mean, because I, I worked at a video store, well, and even in college, like, I mean, VHS was still, like, king until I, I was an adult by the time DVD came around, so. Oh. <clears throat> you know, okay. me, Nikki and I both worked, we talked about that I worked at a um, Blockbuster. Nikki actually worked at a family video, so we were, um, like, R.I.P. Family video. They held on for so yeah. long. Fucking COVID. COVID Fuck. fucking killed the video store. Oh my god. COVID killed the video store. Somebody <laughs> needs to write a song. <laughs> I, about I was gonna say, that. I just, I just created a weird, video store. But, but, but did, did COVID kill it or did streaming kill it? Like, no, if it was real COVID. talk, I, I disagree. I think it was streaming. I think that COVID may have put the nail in the coffin, but it was long on its way out. Like, who really went to a video store on a weekly basis? Okay, family video, though, like, and I, I, that was probably not a thing there, but family video. Oh, we had family video up here, too, and it went under because no one went there. Oh, <laughs> because they all ordered shit online. Around here, they did have a really good business model. I mean, first of all, the, most of them had a pizza place in there mm. with good pizzas. It was cheap. Yep. They gave They gave the kids free movies. So the adults could actually go and browse and the kids could go find stuff and they didn't have to worry about the kids coming back with like 10 different movies and, you know, they have to pay for them or whatever. I mean, they had some good things. And then um, you could always get newer movies if you if you are a physical media person, you know, once the you know, once the popularity died down on a bigger movie, then you could go in and buy it 
for a really good price. And that's what they say killed it is that the fact that there were no big releases anymore, because mm. that's where they made their money. They buy them up. People would rent them because it was way cheaper to rent them there um, than it would be to like do video on demand. And your kids got movies and all that jazz. And then they'd sell them afterwards. And that's how they made their money. And so without those blockbusters, that's what that's what killed them. It's interesting because we had Blockbuster and Family Video and, and independent video stores too. So Blockbuster went down first. Mm -hmm. And then Family Video, we never had the pizza places. I think that's actually really smart. I don't know why the one up here didn't do that. That's a shame. Mm -hmm. um, but the renting prices were about the same to rent on Google Play. Like if I want to rent a movie on Google Play or YouTube, it's usually $3.99, maybe $4.99, sometimes $2.99. It was the same price at the video store, but I think what you're talking about with giving the free movie to the kids and making an experience at the pizza place is a whole different – it's like going to the theater, right? It's the experience of going yeah. out to the video store, picking something. So that's smart. The family video up here did not do that, and that's probably why they didn't yeah. last. And also, the ones around here sold CBD oil. That was one of their – Oh, like, well, that's all. Yeah. 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 They were smart. <laughs> Yeah. You know what would actually right. be really cool, guys? There's still one blockbuster left standing. Yes. And, um, mm -hmm. They do do uh, do do. Um, they <laughs> they have where you can rent it out for the night. How cool would it be if we could do our slumber party live all night in a blockbuster? Oh my god. That would be so fun. They're all the dudes with jelly. We have some really jelly other podcasters being pissed off. Don't tell JP, Carly, because he would probably be pretty jealous of that. Yeah, he can. Where, where's this blog? Where, where's this blog <laughs> buster at exactly? It's in Ohio. It's in Oregon. No, it's Oregon. Or I knew it was Oregon. an O. It was an o. <laughs> yeah, we could take a trip there. Motel 6 or something. But um, we can stay at the blockbuster and that'll be... That'll work out well. He could stay with Dan Chase. Like we, we could get all the guys, like Scott, everyone could get together and they could hang out separately. Like we but... dropped off like a daycare. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like like hotel, hotel, whatever. Food, and we're like, okay, guys, you have fun. Here's some exactly. more movies. <laughs> well, I'm just going to appeal to the listeners here. If you guys want that to happen, should we do a Patreon? Um, we'll just right. leave it there. And if we do, a Patreon, what would you be willing to pay for? Yes. Yeah, like what would you want the tiers to be on that? Yeah. Video, do you want to bias PJs? What do you want? <laughs> do you want to bias PJs? <laughs> you want, you want, you want you to send us on a field thing. trip nice. to Blockbuster? <laughs> I like Grinch pajama pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not I, <laughs> I like alcohol and steak. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like that's too. good too. Yeah. Okay. Get back to popcorn. Now, guys, Go back to popcorn. Right, I, didn't, I didn't actually say um, my history with this film. I watched it like so much as a kid. I had the VH copy. I had it like burned on a, another VHS copy. And I just fucking love this movie that I watched it over like a hundred times that when I was a kid, I thought that Jill was Phoebe Cates for some reason. Um, I remember thinking that. And then I never realized that the 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 guy who comes in with all the props, the Dr. M or whatever, oh. I did not know that was Mr. Hand from Hola, Basketball. Hola, Mr. Oh, Hand. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of being grand who that yeah. guy was. I did not know that. I did not know that at all until this watch. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I didn't also notice, like, I, I didn't 
didn't know who Nurse Ratchet was um, prior to like last year. Um, I didn't know that she was as big of an icon as what she, you know, because of the new show that came out, Ratchet. And they made a reference to her in this with the chick that was dressed up, Nurse Ratchet. I have always, always, and Carly, when you said you met Jill Sholin, I am so jealous. I have always just adored her. Like, she is, like, my 80s girl. Like, she is very natural. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, when she talks, like, every once in a while, her voice goes up a little bit and it cracks. And, like, there's just some things about her that just made her so much more of a a real person than some of the other, like, quote-unquote stream queens or whatever. And I really wish she'd kind of gone a little bit further. Mm -hmm. So I'm super jealous you got to meet her. And it's good to hear she still has the bangs, man. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. Like, you saying she's natural. It's like, she's in this movie just playing all the movies she did, really. Just playing what she would her. look like in real life herself. Yeah, she kind of so. had a style all her own. Like, I mean, that, you know, if you go back then, people didn't have, you know, the straight across bangs and stuff. That was her thing. And I, I just, I appreciate her for that. I love you, Jill Sholin. She's one of my girls. <laughs> Let's talk about the deaths, guys. I thought it was really fucking cool that they used all the shticks that they um, had for the movies, like the giant mosquito. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, the, the fucking snow cone got it the worst. Oh, I was like, yeah. I look like snow snow he gets fucking pissed on, and then he gets gassed out. He literally has it the fucking worst. You know, me and Anthony were laughing about that. He, like... T- Toby, the killer, he, like, shoves him into the bathroom stall. And me and Anthony are like, well, why don't he just crawl underneath the stall? (laughs) (laughs) You know, until you've been in this situation, you just can't judge. You just don't know what you'll do. (laughs) But did you guys like the deaths overall? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought these effects, I actually thought uh, Toby's makeup was pretty good when he had nothing on him, like, just his natural face. And when he tells, what really stuck with me is the story he tells of what happened to him yeah. and why he's getting revenge. I act and the, his reaction, I know I said it earlier, but when he's like, Oh, you're sorry. Well, that's fine now. I guess I'll just fucking let you go. I was like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, what is the apology going to do at this point? I'd be pretty pissed too. Like, look how I look. Yeah. I'd probably be mad. Like, <laughs> you know, so like, honestly, that scene really stood out to me and I was like, shit, this film's not that bad. And and then when he goes through the theater and, like, someone yells, like, I, I don't like your makeup or something. He's like, yeah, your makeup sucks, too. Or I forget what he said. Like, I was just <laughs> laughing at the fact that he was, like, didn't give a fuck and was obsessed with making his movie. And, yeah, like, I, I honestly thought, yeah, like, the, the, the effects, the, the kills and the effects in this were very decent. It's a shame that it was a bust that Rebecca's saying, you know, that's a real shame. Because mm-hmm. this was a movie that people put, like, work and love into and and decent enough performances um but yeah it just came out at the wrong time yeah we are appreciating it mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. yeah i just love the um i i think it was mentioned already but i love when they're first uh going up to the ticket booth and they have everyone dressed up because it's like a haunted house or something you know you got the guy in the cage and everything and they're putting on kind of a performance and it's just so much fun like i already said i mean my favorite part about this film is just the setting and uh, I think the characters are all really good too and it really is a shame that this is 1991 so automatically it's kind of overlooked but it's a great film and they put a lot of effort into like their sets and just like such a uniqueness the music the whole reggae 
sort of soundtrack that you get going through this film um, is something that's very memorable. Uh, the Saturday Night at the Movie song, when we saw the drive and that was stuck in my head for like well, months. Guys, I actually have a question. Go ahead. I have a question for you guys. Cause I like, I've seen this movie so many times and I never thought about it till now, but it seemed like they were trying to use the Mr. Hand from fast times. Um, you know, the guy with all the props as like a red herring. Did he fucking die? Like what happened to him? I have no I idea. Don't remember. <laughs> I, like, you know what, Lacey, I think the answer is they only had him for one afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> they have all this stuff. Maybe I know. It's I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like well, no, because there's like so when Dee Wallace goes up, right? Um, after the killer calls her and tells her to go to the theater, and on and the most ridiculous part of the entire movie is when it has that supernatural element to where the the letters start flying off the marquee at her. <laughs> Like yeah. ferociously, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it like pops up as like possessor. Like at that plot point was really stupid. But then like she goes in and it looks like there's someone with like a hat, like he was wearing, and then it like falls and it looks like there's like a mask. Um, with you know he it was wearing like the same coat as he was. Um, but there was like a mask or something like a zombie type mask over it with the hat on top. So. I was wondering if maybe he did kill that guy and Probably. put a mask. Mm. That, that, that's the only thing I could make sense, but I didn't know if anybody else had picked up on this as well. Yeah. You know what? I never, I never thought about what happened to Mr. Hand. Yeah, I never <laughs> forgot. I was just like, that's Mr. Hand. And he seems like he's just Mr. Hand, but in a different movie. And, that's and, kinda... and a little nicer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what did you guys think about the whole aspect of the possessor like we've quoted this movie since we were a kid and Nikki would try to freak me out and she'd be like possessor <laughs> like lanyard gates has haunted my dreams since then like <laughs> serious fuck <laughs> like, like he's kind of like a wannabe Charles Manson right because that's why mm-hmm. Toby was even there in the first place is because his mom was following his cult film yeah I think it's creepy I think um them watching the film, that whole thing is really creepy and like hypnotic in a way, even though it's like, it's just kind of like a mishmash of whatever. But uh, the whole concept I found to be actually really creepy and effective. The mm-hmm. film that showed at the beginning, I'm like, ah, oh, video drum. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. Yes. I'm like, I dig those lips. This seems to be something that happens a lot in movies. Um, I, I, yeah, I definitely think there is some. <laughs> super creepy parts of this film and also fucking hilarious parts of this film like what about when the chick fucking punches out that dude she's like are you sure you would never hit a chick no i would never hit a chick okay great and she fucking wails him and i was just like oh yeah like this is great or like when the one guy goes to get popcorn he's gone for the entire movie and the other dude's sitting in his seat and she's just kind of like sorry tough luck And he's wearing the fucking no- smeller nose, and he, what is it that he walks out and he says, he's like, hey, you got a problem? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that the boyfriend in this, actually, um, I think his name is Derek uh, in real life, Derek Randall, I want to say, something along those lines. But he actually had, like, a near-death experience in real life, and so he was actually going to become, like, a monk. Oh, and- Instead, and, he became yeah. an actor. Yeah. No, this was after after oh. this film. 
And so he's written like three books and he actually wrote uh, the screenplay for Beethoven's Big Break, the you know, the dog movie. And, huh. and he also wrote like eight episodes of like one of the Power Rangers franchise. Huh. So yeah. it, just looking at that guy, that's not at all what I expected when I went to go look him up. No, <laughs> no. me either. Because in the film, I just really didn't like him. Like in wow. Mark. Yeah, and he was the he was the hero of the film, but yet he was such an asshole. Like in the beginning, he's like, I I want you so bad. I want let's let's do this. And she's like, I'm busy, you know, which is understandable. But then he brings another chick to the theater. <laughs> I, yes, he's the worst boyfriend ever. But no, no. He, I don't even think he's necessarily like the big hero. I mean, all he did was slide down like a wannabe Indiana Jones and then fall into like he triggered the mosquito and then <laughs> fell into some boxes. And it literally took him so long to get out of these boxes that by the time he got out of the boxes, the mosquito had went through the air and penetrated Toby to where Toby was already dead and swinging the fuck around. <laughs> but these boxes. <laughs> like, there was, like, I just relived that moment all over again. <laughs> like, I didn't for a long fucking time. I was like, where the fuck did Marco? But, I mean, obviously they were like, the writers were probably like, oh, we need, we need to set up to, like, how we're going to trigger the mosquito to come out. But, like, we don't want Mark to ruin it. Um, yeah, no, so it took it so long to trigger the mosquito, but they didn't want him messing it up, so they were like, all right, we're just going to put all these boxes here so that, <laughs> so that, you know, he doesn't have to have a confrontation with Toby to give the mosquito time to trigger, so we're going to trip him up with these boxes. <laughs> yeah, it's all very convenient, that whole ending. <laughs> it's all luck, if you will. Like, just, there. Oh, yeah. Well, He's full circle, down. Carly. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. Nice. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, the worst part, the worst scene in this movie, in my opinion, is the the guy in the wheelchair and his electrocution. Yeah, that kind of always bothered me. Like, the electrocution that was going on in the movie that they were watching versus the electrocution that's actually going on <laughs> was way better looking than what they did for this kid. Because let's face it. <laughs> Even in the highest budget movies, people still can't do electrocution because it isn't really a visual thing and people try to make it visual. Yeah. You know, and it just, it just never works. You're right. It always looks like you're watching a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really it looks like a Looney Tune. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would almost rather see, like, the skeleton of the person, you know, light up, like, the cartoons than some of the stuff that they try to do and be legit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they had, like, the dramatic after effect that, like, you know that he's dead and, like, like, what didn't make sense, though, is, like, he was taped to this chair, right? And then he was electrocuted. And then, like, the, like, a couple seconds later, you just see the wheelchair, like, dramatically without him. But uh, it wasn't electrical tape. That's my ex- he Wasn't he taped to the chair, though? I know. I'm being dumb. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, so how did he get out of the chair? Uh, movie. Okay, moving oh. on. <laughs> Just saying. All right, guys. Is there anything else you want to talk about popcorn? Should we get into ratings? Yeah. 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 Let's do this. All right. Let's start with Heather. Do we? I can't remember. Do we do out of 10? Five. Five. 
Um, so this movie's entertaining. I, I think it's a shame that I didn't see it till this year, but I don't know if I would have appreciated it when I saw it when I was younger. I think this is something that seasoned horror fans are going to like more than other people. Um, I really dig Toby. I actually think he's like the most real talk villain I've ever seen before in a film. And that really stood out to me. Um, yeah, I give this film and I'm going to go with a three and a half out of five. I think it's a, I think it's a solid watch, but I think you got to dig a little bit of the uh the 80s cheese and um yeah kind of turn your brain off a little bit but you'll have a good time nikki i have a soft place in my heart for this film just because it was one that we would you know infamously watch for movie nights it's definitely not a perfect film in my eyes and i i love all the quips in the in the movie i love how they set up the movie theater to be an interactive experience um I'm going to have to go with a four out of five. Carly? Yeah, like I said, I really enjoyed this one probably the most this time around. Um, I think it's fun. I love the setting and the characters are, you know, if they do a lot with the characters, they make do some quirky things here and there. And it also has its creepy moments. Uh, the only thing I will say is it's not uh, super rewatchable for me like uh, other slashers, I would say. Um so I would probably have to give it a three and a half out of five. Yeah, um, for me, this one is really nostalgic to me. Like Nikki said, we watched it all the time growing up. I love this film. I think it's fun for um, a, like a slumber party. I showed it to all my friends when I was a kid. Um, it's just one of those for me. And it is not a perfect film. It is really cheesy and kind of corny, but that's part of its charm. And I mean, Dee Wallace, Tony Roberts, you know, it, Mr. Hand, um, and then the guy who turned into a monk. But yeah, no, I really love this movie, and I look like a fucking snow cone. Um, I just love that line. I quote it randomly, like, anytime I go get ice cream. So, yeah, this one's a 4.5 for me. So, Rebecca. Uh, four out of five, for all the same reasons you guys just said. All right. Well, um, let's promote our shit. Uh, Heather. What do you got coming up? So I am on the Friday Nightmares podcast. You can find us on the Legion Podcast Network, um, as well as if you're a Patreon of Exploding Heads, myself, Lacey, Carly, uh, we're on some episodes there. So please check all of us out. And I'm also on another show on the Dark Discussions Network called It's Not Horror Okay. And that is a commentary show that I do with the one and only Nudie. Rebecca. I can be found on in the Mic of Madness. We are on Google, iTunes. YouTube, I do that with uh, a guy who got his dick sucked last time on our show, uh, Venom, um, and also Brad Thornton. I also do uh, SOBs Who Love SOV. You can find us on SOVHorror.com. Uh, and I'm on YouTube at the Not Quite Final Girl. Carly? All right. Yeah, uh, you can find me on His and Hers Movie Podcast on the Dark Discussions Network. Uh, that's the one I do with JP, of course. Uh, we just released an episode today or yeah i think it was today that that dropped on uh saint Maud. and uh other than that um do movie versus movie with uh austin schroyer from woodsboro bros as well uh and we're not sure i think we're skipping this month but next month we shall be back not sure with what yet but we shall be back, and um, like Heather said, uh, Lacey and I actually were on an episode of Exploding Heads, so 
um, which I believe that just dropped. And uh, we covered the Annabelle film. So that was a fun time. Uh, so if you're a Patreon of them, and if you're not, you should be, uh, definitely go listen to that. Um, other than that, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Nikki? Yes, I currently have a YouTube channel called Foresight Channeler, where I do card readings, um, channel messages and books, movies, and music. So head on over there and check it out if you're interested in getting a reading. Yeah, like, subscribe, you fucks. Um, <laughs> um, and obviously, cut to the chase for me, um, skip to the loo, they're here podcast, all found on Dark Discussions and wherever podcasts are found. Also just did two shows for 22 Shots this past month. Of, we covered all the paranormal activities and twilight <laughs> so if that's your thing and you want to hear guys shit on twilight go ahead and give it a listen <laughs> and as carly and heather both said yep exploding heads we covered annabelle it was a great time but not as great as the time as i had with you ladies again so thank you everybody for coming on and we will see you at the next slumber party so step right up and we'll all get started. Well, Saturday night at 8 o'clock, I know where I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pick my baby up, take her to the picture show. Everybody in the neighborhood is dressing up to be there too.